106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Fifteen million views, one million likes for stating the bleeding obvious. How many genders are there? Two. And they are? Male, female. But what about someone's right to tell you what their gender is? No problem at all. You're going to tell me what your gender is, but in the less world, I don't have to believe it. But I'm thrilled for you. Don't require me to think what you think. This month, I celebrated my day 365 of womanhood, and Bud Light sent me possibly the best gift ever, a can with my face on it. Check out my Instagram story to see how you can enjoy March Madness with Bud Light. <laughs> Grandpa's feeling a little frisky today. Let me uh, say something to all you and be as clear and concise as possible. Bud Light and Anheuser Busch. Have a terrific day. There's only one Budweiser beer. When you say Bud, you said it all. Stop it. For you, one big picture. What do you think of the indictment? Well, speaking as someone who very strongly does not want Donald Trump to get the Republican presidential nomination, I'm extraordinarily distressed by this document. I think this is even weaker than I feared it would be. Uh, and I, I think uh, it's it's easily subject to being dismissed or a, a, a quick acquittal for Trump. I can say there is no basis in the statutory language to say that Trump's behavior forms either a contribution or an expenditure under federal law. The two key definitions at issue here. And as what I understood the district attorney to say that he thinks there's a New York election law involved here, all I can say is the Federal Election Campaign Act absolutely preempts any state or local law to the contrary. How could it be otherwise? You've got one law governing corporate finance in a presidential election at the federal level. You're going to have 50 state laws interfering with it. So he's just wrong on the applicability of the New York statute. You know, I almost, I say I almost hated to spring that one on that bonehead. 1942, the feds seized the assets of an American bank funding the Third Reich during World War II under the Trading with the Enemy Act. The bank's director, Prescott Bush. 1963, a prominent House Republican spoke at an oil industry event in Dallas on the eve of JFK's assassination. He later called in a false tip to the FBI. To this day, he can't recall any of this happening or even where he was. His name? George Herbert Walker Bush. 1981. The night before John Hinckley shot President Reagan, Hinckley's brother Scott was supposed to have dinner with a close friend. Who was it? Neil Bush. 2001 on 9-11. Stratasec handled security for the World Trade Center, Dulles Airport, and United Airlines. Who served seven years on their board of directors? Marvin Bush. That is quite a family bush. I mean tree. 
Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here today to apologize. Why did you say ladies first? That's sexist. It's just it's just a, a standard greeting. L let me start over. Gentlemen and ladies. Who says the man? Okay, sorry. I, I um, humans in the audience. I identify as a basketball. Humans and basketballs. I'm a parrot who mimics words but doesn't comprehend them. Humans, basketballs, talking parrots, and and whatever else is out there. Whatever. It's whoever. Actually, it's whomever. No one likes you, Mary. All right, all right, just, just calm down, okay? Now you're tone policing us. You look back on these old Family Guy and South Park clips, man, and it's like those people, they were in Hollywood, they knew what was coming. They saw it in Hollywood at ground zero, and they knew that this garbage was going to permeate into our society, and it was going to really be a terrible rot on all of us. They predicted it. They warned us. They warned us. This is Lou Benninger, and you're listening to No Hostages Radio, episode 211. To appear on April 15, it's kind of a negative day to appear on, don't you think? Except that's a Saturday, so you get an extra couple of days to file your taxes if you still do so. Do so. Uh, so April 15, 2023, this will show up, and on your... <clears throat> favorite podcast source so if you learned about us through the title no hostages radio that's good there's also a website nohostagesradio.com where you can look at this podcast and any other podcast and you can if you click on listen live you can listen to uh live with lou on kmyc fourteen ten a.m up here in northern california where i'm sitting today where it's actually getting toasty, and I'm able to turn off my gas furnace that sits in the center of my living room. It's old, from the 1930s, and uh, does a great job heating the house. But gas has been artificially inflated, the cost has, to cost that and electricity combined. I pay more for that per month than I used to pay on my house payment here. There is a push in California to push people out of California, and that's that in two years, according to Victor Davis Hansen of the Hoover Institute, 700,000 people have left California. I'm not, I don't know whether that's from birth to 100. I don't know or whether it's just taxpayers. But certainly the homeless aren't leaving and the drug addicts aren't leaving. Uh a lot of people that uh, are keeping this state afloat are leaving. And uh, so, but it's a toasty day here. And if you can not use the water in our city of Marysville and not use the heat, it's a wonderful place to live. But when you turn on the water here or when you turn on the heat, oh, baby, you can get into the several hundred of dollars really quick. 
So that's the left coast. Different parts of California are costing different amounts. Some people are off the grid, which that's great. Everybody's scrambling around seeing if they're going to be able to remain here. Uh, but, you know, it depends on what age you are. At some point, it's just cheaper to stay even because you have a house and you have a lot of the beginning things done. It's cheaper to just stay where you are than it is to relocate and start all over and uh, all that kind of stuff. So, And I always tell people if they're, if they're followers of Jesus, the best thing they can do is ask Jesus where they should live. That's what I do. And so then I feel comfortable even because I figure if I'm spending, if I'm spending money, I'm spending his money. It's not my money. It's his money. If you, if you know what the Bible teaches, that's, uh, that's the deal. So I saw a good quote this week. Oh, let me mention how to connect with me and then I'll start. So if you want to reach out to me, you can uh, call me or text me at my cell phone number. That's the only number I have anymore. 530-713-1838. 530-713-1838. You can also uh, text me, or sorry, uh, email me at uh, our website, through our website at lou, L-O-U, at nohostagesradio.com. And you can send me clips or addresses of clips or things you think I ought to look at that would help the show. Sure, appreciate it. I couldn't do it without you, you guys. Uh, a lot of people have staff to help them with all these things, but I don't. So you're my staff. We're kind of associates in uh, making all this happen. So thank you so much. Appreciate you listening. And uh, I noticed maybe, you know, we don't have a huge audience, but uh, I noticed the listings picked up in the last few months, according to Tanner Martis, who keeps track of those things down in Texas, Conroe, Texas, to be specific. And uh, I read this uh, quote by Mike Tyson, which I just loved. Talks about all our concepts and, uh, and you know, whether we got a backbone or not. And it's just a one-liner, maybe seven or eight words. He said, everyone has a plan till they get punched in the mouth. Some people said in the way he says it, without teeth, in the mouth. <laughs> I can't say the T-H. No teeth. In the mouth. Everyone has a plan till they get punched in the mouth. You know, I have people all the time talk, talking tough. They all talk to, oh, we're going to, if they don't do this, we're going to recall them. They say, I have no idea how hard it is to recall even a really lousy candidate or a lousy uh, politician. But uh, a lot of people talk. And he said, everyone has a plan till they get punched in the mouth. And I always say, uh, when I played sports in school, I was a little nervous until I got punched or got got bumped or got roughed up a little bit. And then I my nerves settled and I got into it and, and could play the game better. Everyone has a plan till they get punched in the mouth. And maybe if does the punch in the mouth cause you to quit or does it cause you to redouble or double your efforts? And uh, and then he also said, as long as we persevere and endure, we can get anything we want. That's Mike Tyson. It's interesting, people you, that you notice in sports or some form of activity, uh, you don't really know them, uh, but you kind of see them perform, whether they're actors or they're sports uh, professionals. And then once in a while, they'll open their mouths and you think, oh, that guy's got something to say right there. Well, I'm constantly getting surprised by Mike Tyson. 
And then there was this meme that just came across today, and I just thought, this is so perfect. I grew up uh, uh, on uh, my grandmother and occasionally my mom making me pancakes, and we had Aunt Jemima syrup come on and butter on them. And it's just, you know, this, like that's heavenly food, you know. And uh, so the, the woke people now, since Aunt Jemima is long gone, the lady that played Aunt Jemima, and uh, she is long gone, but she was one of the first entrepreneurs of the black uh, folks in, in the, the United States. She had a very successful life. She made a lot of money and did not live a, in the ghetto. And uh, so I thought, this is, remember Uncle Ben's rice, Uncle Ben? He was black, uh, and they took his picture off Uncle Ben's. I don't even know what they, what they call it now. But this slogan says, when you realize that they took a real black woman off of a syrup bottle and put a fake white woman on a beer can, and then it shows a picture of this guy saying, what? A photo of this guy saying, say what? When you realize they took a real black woman off of a syrup bottle, that was her job. She was like a the poster girl. I mean, people get paid big bucks to have their picture with a Nike shoe or an Adidas shoe or under Under Armour uh, uh, wear, you know, and they get millions of dollars. That's all she was doing is letting her picture be used to uh, t- to uh, promote different food products. And no, no, this group today, we'd rather be on welfare than be on the front of a bottle of syrup. I'd I'd take that syrup job any old day of the week. Just bring me some of that syrup and pancakes, and I'll mostly do that for free for you. So we've gone now. We don't have any problem with putting a fake white woman on a bud can. All right. So the other thing, I just came over on sports. I just, on on, the... platform social media it says uh, a really great looking baseball cap and it says biden fetterman 2024 it's a no-brainer i thought come on when we got guys that literally have just fried their brain whether it's on fentanyl or on a big funky stroke uh now we got biden fetterman 2024 it's a no-brainer i said people are thinking out there come on appreciate this so um I wanted to mention this says this guy wrote this uh, in the American thinker, a guy named Robin Itzler. He said the tax housing crime and homeless situation in California has become extremely difficult for many people, which explains why thousands have left and continue to leave the Golden State. Consider that from December and March, the state had several major rainstorms, but that because of environmental pressure about new reservoirs, uh, much of the water drained right out into the sea. So the drought remains in effect. Even though we had some of the huge, biggest snow year on record and water, we're still going to call it a drought because it's a man-made drought. Not a woman-made, a man-made. Gas and electricity costs have skyrocketed since November. Violent crime surges in Democrat-run cities. Homeless people, many with mental health issues, create filthy tent cities wherever they find a patch of grass or wide sidewalk. And all this exists along with Bidenflation, on the side. So he said, I recently had breakfast with a California family to better understand how they are coping. So I'm going to see if I can read through this. I think you'll enjoy it. 
there's different there's different uh, four different people talking here. The mother says, "Okay, time for breakfast. So we'll divide one hard boiled egg into four pieces. Let's imagine the lettuce is bacon. This is Californians talking. Father says, I'm going to water the backyard lawn this morning. Whose turn is it to share the water? Daughter, it's my turn to shower while we water the grass. Mom, her son says, but mom, I need my blue sweatshirt for school on Monday. Mother, no problem. I have to run the dishwasher later and we'll wash it then. Father, let's go out tonight for a family dinner. Mother, sounds wonderful. The usual. Father, yep. Costco samples and then their $1.50 hot dog and a drink. Mother, sheesh. The sun isn't out yet, so the house still feels cold. Father, turn on the floor heater, and I will warm up the coffee at the same time. Son, I thought we had to limit our electricity use. Father, if you read the notice, it says electricity rates are the lowest between 8 and 8, 10 a.m. Mother, no, dear. That was the gas company. For electricity, the super-duper off-peak time is 9.20 to 9.25 a.m. Father, you are confusing electricity with water. We can only run the water between 11 and 11.15 to avoid all the surcharges. Mother, wasn't that the waste announcement about when to use the garbage disposal? By the way, the waste company delivered 15 trash cans so we can put plastic in the green can and organic food in the red can. Father, no, it's the plastic in the blue can and pet waste in the purple can. Mother, I thought it was newspapers in the purple can. Of course, beverage bottles go in the yellow trash can, and food takeout containers go in the orange can. Son says, while we're on the subject, I think it's grass in the brown trash can and clothing in the navy can. Daughter, read, I read the flyer, personal hygiene items in the pink trash can and dairy food in the black can. Mother, where are we going to put all the trash cans? Son, how about the empty swimming pool father no worries we can figure it out everyone's laughing daughter says can i borrow the car to go shopping father of course but don't drive more than half a mile since we took the discount insurance plan that keeps the annual premium below two grand if we only drive 50 miles per year mother and be careful pulling out of the driveway i don't want you hitting that homeless person's shopping cart son when are we buying an electric car to save the planet AOC says the earth will soon disappear unless we all buy electric cars. Father, we will buy a new $75,000 electric car as soon as I pay off the loan for the 1978 Gremlin. Son, last night I had trouble <clears throat> getting my cable shows. Mother says, oh, we canceled cable. Son, really? Then I guess I'll get them online. <clears throat> Father said, we canceled Wi-Fi. Son, fine. I'll use my phone. Mother, we canceled that too. Daughter says, what? I need my phone. Son, me too. Father says, children, give it a few weeks, and we're sure Governor Newsom will come to our rescue and send us our rebate checks. In the meantime, go to Starbucks. Mother says, it's a small sacrifice so illegal aliens can get free housing, free medical, free education. Do you really want all these homeless people in front of our house to go without? The daughter says, my history teacher says the same. She just got back from her honeymoon in Cuba and shared photos. Father, dear, we should plan a trip to Cuba. Mother, by the way, that is a beautiful dress you're wearing. Son, well, thank you. 
I decided to change my sex, so please, instead of Barry, call me Barbara. Father, I was wondering why you were wearing a dress. Daughter, that's my dress. Mother, I can't take this bickering. Let's split that hard-boiled egg and enjoy our breakfast. Barbara, please pass the salt. Well, I just thought that kind of captures the the uh, status quo or the era that we're in in America. Wanted to mention also, just as a start, I, I've skipped this the last couple of weeks. We have another heart attack victim, a National Hockey League player, dead of heart attack at age 38. His name's Raymond Sawada. He's a former NHL player for the Dallas Stars. And uh, he looks like he could still play for the Dallas Stars. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about him. Uh, he was a Canadian athlete who was playing in a hockey game with the Richmond uh, Cowboys when he suddenly suffered the, the attack. In other words, he's in great shape. Have you ever seen hockey players be in bad shape? No fatso hockey players, man. You might see a fat baseball player. Sawada left behind a wife and two young daughters. It's amazing. When you die at th- you're not supposed to die at 38 and leave a 9-year-old and a 6-year-old behind. He was their coach in hockey. Just before the game, he had been celebrating the birthday of his 9-year-old daughter, Victoria. Uh... So at 38, uh, he passed away on April 10th, 2023. Uh, they honored the former player and offered their condolences to the deceased families, deceased athletes, friends and family, and tweets said his heavy heart, da-da-da. Well, it's a heavy, heavy heart, pushing people to take the jab, and then you go, have no idea why a 38-year-old. Have, have you, you know, in your early years, Ever remember people in the 30s dying unless they got hit by a train or flipped a motorbike or jumped off a tall building, right? Says here in December, a 22-year-old Colombian professional soccer player named Andres Balanta, who played for Argentinian team Atletico Tucumán, died suddenly after suffering a heart attack. 22, collapsed during the first training session after the holiday break in january a healthy young football star on the air force football team hunter brown died suddenly at the age of 21 from a blood clot in his lungs also in january a healthy 20 year old soccer player named luke abrahams died suddenly leaving his family friends and teammates in a similar case just last month a perfectly healthy 23 year old soccer player named michael palmer died unexpectedly after collapsing during a game in February, a 21-year-old football player from Jackson State named Kasim Valls suffered cardiac arrest and had to be resuscitated and placed on a ventilator. Fortunately, he was able to survive. And just six weeks prior, a 24-year-old NFL player, Damar Hamlin. You remember Damar? Oh, there's some strange video on Damar when they asked him about the jab, and he just shut up. I think he got paid pretty good to like endorse the jab, though he's got now he's out of the football business. Demar had uh, he had a cardiac arrest right on national TV on Monday Night Football, and they were able to re- get him back going again. They said, "Oh yeah, it's because he's colliding. Football's dangerous and it's uh, violent." No, 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 no. He was standing up. He was standing up. He didn't take a shot to the solar plexus there he's standing up doing okay and then he went down under the power of that vax the vax shot 
He was vaxxed. All these people were vaxxed. They just, nobody wants to talk about it. It's like we, no one's accountable. Nobody's responsible. It's like, oh, well, you know, we saved the world. So we're, all these young people are giving their lives. Young people, old people, they're just thinning the herd. It's called thinning the herd. And uh, so it's just something to think about. And it's happening every week. And families are embarrassed. They're shamed. They're, they're stunned. They don't know what to say. Uh, I'm surprised. You know, when I was a chaplain, I worked in trauma intervention. Lots of people blame things when someone dies. They blame this. They blame that. They blame the ambulance service. They blame it took too long for the emergency workers to get there. Oh, the, they didn't do all they could at right out or Adventist Health here locally. They, there's all kinds of blaming. It's interesting. There's no blaming of the health officials, the local health officials that are still endorsing the jab. In fact, I just was in a meeting recently where uh, the people were saying we should picket where they're doing those mobile jab clinics where they pull up in the van. And they, they'll, you just walk in off the street and they'll jab you for free because the government's paying them to kill people. That's exactly what's going on, folks. Don't ever fool yourself. They're either going to kill you or cripple you. Kill or cripple. Again, so for those that just graduated from school, you don't use a C in both places there. Kill or cripple. Two different letters. I'm going to let you guess before we come back. We're going to take a break right now. We got five segments, just like we just heard, and, and we'll uh, be right back with segment number two. Good to see you again. Uh, it's been a little bit of time in between. I just wanted to ask you something because I've been in the private sector my whole life, um, and, and I'm trying to figure out how you put all these pieces together. I, you have 83,000 employees. Is that right? About there, yes. That, yes, a big payroll. That's <laughs> yes. a big payroll. So, and, and approximately 4,000 of these employees are based at the CMS at their Woodlawn, uh, Woodlawn, Woodlawn Maryland headquarters. So how many of these employees are working today in person, actually in, in person? Uh, Congressman, the HHS workforce went back to full-time work uh, from the get-go. Uh, we were able to use telehealth during COVID, yeah. and now that uh, we're beyond that, we're able to continue work for the workforce at full-time. And you've heard some of the dramatic results of a workforce that has continued forward. Some have never left coming into the office or coming into work. Uh, others are taking advantage of some of the flexibilities that we provide so they could come in at, on some days and work from a different site other days. Yeah, well, I have a photo. This, this picture, well, you say these people are at work. This is last Monday, okay, March 20th. This is at 10.30 a.m. in the morning. It's a beautiful parking lot. Uh, there's everything on there except cars. I guess I don't know how your people get to work, but this is your office building, and you're telling me they're working full time. They must be working full time from home, or some other, some other way of doing that. I, I just don't understand that. You know, um, Congressman, that's this not year, my, that's, you, this year, you know, no, the, no, Mr. Secretary, this is a picture you've seen it before, and you know what it is. Yeah. Uh, and that, then we request another 18 million dollars in rent compared to last year. So. 
when you look at the people that fund all this stuff, and these are hardworking American taxpayers. I like the talk that goes back and forth about what we're going to do for sick people, how we're going to shore this thing up, how we're going to do this, how we're going to cover all this stuff. At the end of the day, there's only one person signing that check, and that is the taxpayer. So why should the American people be expected to pay rent for an office building that isn't even being used? There's so much waste in this government. There's so much, there's so much fat in this government. It is impossible. I'm embarrassed to go back home and tell people this is the way it's supposed to work. This is not the way it's supposed to work. This is crazy stuff. This is, nobody would look at this as a business model and say, yeah, good idea, let's pay a lot of rent. Nobody has to be there, but we'll pay rent. Now, you said you're gonna get the whole workforce back to work. They're actually gonna show up in person in their buildings and actually work. And I, I'm not talking about being on these little things we've set up and it's, all the, all the little pictures show up and people get a chance to talk. I'm, I, I don't know. I think that they're so inefficient right now. Are you telling me, and I don't want to know this, seriously, do you ever expect to be back fully at work, at their desk, in their buildings, doing the work for the American people? Uh, Congressman, uh, we are fully at work, uh, full time. Well, this was a national holiday then probably, right? This is March 20th. You know, Congressman, this, I, don't, I don't even recognize that photo. That's not certainly a photo of my office building. Oh, okay. Maybe a, 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 a parking lot of a building uh, that HHS has employees in. Yeah, well. I, 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 dare, I, I doubt that you could say that that speaks to the work that's well, being done. I, I will tell you this. This is, Woodlawn, this is Woodland, Maryland, your headquarters. If this is your headquarters at 10.30 in the morning, on a Monday morning, on March 20th, there's something that doesn't match with what you're telling me. I don't want to keep grilling you on this because I'll tell you what, both you and I pay a portion of whatever it is that we earned to fund all these things. I just am appalled at the way this government works. There's so much fat. The things that we have to do, yes, do them. But you better learn how to work within a budget that makes sense. I can't take this home and tell my, my people that I, that I represent, you know what, listen, it may not make sense to you, but it doesn't have to. This is the way we run our government. This is your parking lot in Woodlawn, Maryland. That's where it took place. It did not take place someplace else. But, but you cannot say that the folks that work in that Maryland site, if there is a site there, are not working. I don't know. I, you know what? I would love to go sometime. I would even like to go to the IRS and see those people working at their desk. And I'd like to see your people working at their desk. 83,000 people getting a paycheck from the American taxpayers. And what we say is they'll work part-time. 30 hours a week is part-time. I would just say this government has a lot of people that are part-time. Are D.C. schools inmate factories? Many believe they are. So let's talk about the state of education and crime in your nation's capital. Alabama Congressman Gary Palmer recently made a comment that caught everyone's attention. He referred to D.C. district schools as inmate factories. While many took offense to this, many believe there's truth to what he's trying to tell this country. Let's start with the facts. According to the FBI's Uniform Crime Report, there were around 995 violent per 100,000 people in the city crimes such as murder, rape, and aggravated assault and robbery. Even further, there were around 4,373 property crimes for 100,000 people. This crime rate in our nation's capital is a place you would think would be one of the most safest and secure places in the world. But it's not just crime that's the problem. The dropout rate in D.C. public schools is so high, it comes dead last in the entire United States in graduation rates. According to data from the National Center for Education Statistics, only 72.5% of high school students in D.C. graduated one time. That's almost a third of students who aren't getting the education they need to succeed in life. 
So the question remains, are D.C. schools inmate factories? Do they prepare criminals for more criminal behavior? I'm Armstrong Williams. What do you think about this? I don't see Second Amendment-loving, gun-toting, Trump-loving conservatives shooting down innocent kids in schools. Do you? Yeah. Didn't think so. Carry on. Welcome back. I wanted to mention uh, a couple folks that, that make it happen for us to be on the internet or on the air. We do both each week. We do a one podcast on the internet and one show on the uh, on the air, as they say. And I want to give a shout out to All Power Services, Will Fanning, who bails me out left and right, and he's uh, fixes anything that's powered. And he might even fix stuff that's not powered. Like when he does welding, it could just be on some some uh, non-powered something that you need created. And he is amazing. He's done all kinds of welding fix-ups for me when I've worked on a project. And I said, well, I got this broken, that broken, that's cracked. I need to strengthen this steel fence. He makes up clips for me, attaches them to the concrete, welds them to the fence, strengthens the fence. So if you need anything repaired from small stuff like a weed eater or a chainsaw all the way up to an off-road vehicle or maybe need an engine put back in your car or servicing done on your vehicles, they fix all kinds of stuff over, stuff over there at All Power Services, and that's at 1469 Stewart Road in Yuba City. That's just west of Highway 99, really easy to get to, just out of town, no heavy traffic, easy, easy peasy. You can text or call him at 530-844-0347. That's 844-0347. And uh, you can always reach him on that phone seven days a week. Uh, and I think some days he works seven days a week. So uh, uh, I think he's looking for a, more mechanics. Josh, who worked for him for a long time, they, they uh, Josh is from Kern County, came up here and worked for quite a while, was really good. Unfortunately, Josh moved back to Kern County, so we lost him. And um, but all power services, life goes on, and here they go. Al, also, Allen's Auto Body, that's uh, Kevin, Kevin and Kerry Clark. They run that down at Tea Garden and Sutter Street in Yuba City, and you can catch their building as you drive down the street. It's a bright canary yellow uh, stripe around that building, and uh, you can reach out to them by a landline at 530-671-1057, 671-1057. And uh, they do a great job on uh, repairing vehicles, getting them back on the road, auto body and paint. And they probably would trick out paint, a lot of other things. I remember my mother wanted to change the color on their refrigerator. And back then they were so tight on their, how they spent their money. Instead of buying a new refrigerator, she, she took cleaned the refrigerator out and hauled it down to a body and paint shop and had them paint that refrigerator to match the paint for the house. 
I thought my mother was sharp. So if you want an appliance or something, he, Kevin would probably just squirt that appliance. He, he even knows how to restore cars. He restored a, uh, I don't know what year that El Camino was, maybe in the 60s, uh, El Camino and uh, Chevy El Camino, gorgeous and uh, bright yellow, gorgeous vehicle. So um, I wanted to mention this. You know, Sarah Sanders uh, was the spokesperson for uh, the news uh, meetings, uh, news briefings, uh, nearly every day for a while. Under uh, she was a number, one of a number of uh, spokespersons, and I uh, thought she did some of the best work. But I, I actually all of them had their strong points. But uh, Sarah Sanders from Arkansas, her father is uh, Huckabee who was the governor of Arkansas. So she ran for Ar uh, Arkansas governor and she won. And so I thought, okay, this guy, it's going to be interesting to see uh, how she does. Well, she does did something amazing just this last week. She signed a bill banning parole for rapists, murderers, and human traffickers. Let me tell you what the details look like, because what's going to happen is, those people that like to do those types of things are going to move over to here to California because we embrace those folks and we definitely would parole, would parole them here. So that's going to be a, a cash cow, so to speak. You know, we're bringing in all the people that want an abortion, all the people that want a sex change and all the people that are doing these types of things. So it's called the Protect Arkansas Act, and it will prevent people who commit first degree murder, aggravated robbery, child pornography possession, or 21 other felonies from being released early if their crimes were committed after 2024. That means we're giving them a little heads up, right? It's 2023. Uh, and so that's giving them a little, that's giving them 12 months of 2024 and about, what, seven months now? So it's giving them a real heads up to get out of the state, don't you think? The legislation will require people convicted of several other felonies, including manslaughter or fentanyl delivery, to serve at least 85% of their prison sentences. The failed uh, public safety status quo ends today in Arkansas, says Sarah Huckabee Sanders. She or she tweeted it. No more re revolving door in our prisons. No more weak sentencing and no more unsafe streets. I think people probably good solid salt of the earth, salt of the earth type people are going to be moving down there to Arkansas. In fact, I, I met a guy, I think he worked for Holt, uh, you know, Caterpillar Holt. He was an older gentleman. He was a salesperson. I was just down there in Stockton. And he said he and his son, who's a police officer and their families are all moving. I believe he said Arkansas. They got a place, they got a city lined up and a place lined up. And so I'm sure they're going to be really, really happy to uh, see what Sarah did. And uh, I think it's good. You know, it's good. It's clear and it's clear and clearer. Uh, the choices, the stark choices we have, if you're just picking between uh, certain types of states because of this and because of that, of course, as a, as I mentioned in the start, uh, if you're a follower of God, you know, it's God that needs to tell you where to plant your feet. So you remember when uh, they did the midnight raid on Mar-a-Lago and supposedly 
Mr. Trump had just taken all these super classified deals and he was unauthorized to take them. And, and so they, uh, they uh, searched the house and took stuff out of Melania's, Melania's underwear. I'm wondering if they auctioned some of that underwear off at some of the FBI you know, uh, fundraisers, Christmas, the Christmas banquet of the FBI, if they auction off any of Melania's, Melania's uh, underwear. But anyway, after they made a big hullabaloo about Trump, and now you don't hear anything about it anymore, they really never made a big deal about any former presidents. But then all of a sudden, uh, in Joe Biden's various houses, there were boxes of, of classified material all over the place. And uh, so I thought, well, that's amazing. And then... He's over in, you ever been to Ireland? I was uh, in Ireland uh, many years ago now. Uh, I stopped and flew into Belfast, uh, Ireland, and then uh, took a tour. I, I knew a person living over there. She was Irish, uh, and she was the head of a girl's school over there, and she gave me a tour through Northern Ireland. I was always interested about that. And uh, so I was on my way from Africa, and I stopped in there and stayed for a week and then flew back home. But Joe Biden went to Belfast and you know how you have a, uh, if, if you're a real official operation and you have security and you have all these people doing this, that, and the other thing, you have a, an entire itinerary, a top secret document revealing information about where Biden was staying, security arrangements, phone numbers, police service of Northern Ireland, security personnel, codes, all that kind of stuff. Who's going to be where? Who's going to stand outside his room? All that kind of stuff. And they found that laying in the street in in, in Belfast, Ireland. Isn't that amazing? I just think it's amazing. The BBC reported that a member of the public called into one of its radio programs. How embarrassing for America. Just how embarrassing for America. Somebody calls into a program like I do on Saturday and said, Hey, 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 I just found this five-page document, and, and it's marked super sensitive. And has details such as road closures, peace, police contact information, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, so the police of Northern Ireland, in fact, the lady that I visited in Ireland, her dad uh, was a uh, career law enforcement person in Belfast. And uh, so says, we are aware of the security breach, says the police of Northern Ireland. And... Um, an investigation, of course, an investigation has commenced, and we've, and we've told our risk officer all about it. You know, in a statement obtained by Fox News U.S. Secret Service spokesman Anthony Guglielmi said the agency has been informed by the PSNI, that's the Ireland group, of media reports regarding potentially sensitive, again, you've heard me say that, I'm not going to keep going over this stuff, so it's just more and more and more and more of the same. Uh, it's sad when you have a guy in office that's uh, not in his right mind, as they say, not in his right mind. So uh, I wanted to mention, uh, I, I'm trying to equip you ab above anything else on how to do something about what the situation is around here. So I, I'm, oh, let's see. I bet I skipped over that. Where did I find that? Uh, okay, one of, the, one of the spots. Let me just pull another page up here. I, I pulled up the wrong. 
the wrong document. Oh, here, it'll be on this document right here. It'll pop up. So I wanted to, to make you aware of two Facebook pages. Uh, and if you're not using Facebook, it would be worth getting Facebook. It doesn't cost you anything to do that. I know some people say, oh, it helps Zuckerberg. Hey, I think we need to use whatever communications we have. If you, watch, if you look at the local newspaper and you besetter, you're helping the local newspaper, which is a, a, a left-wing paper. So these two uh, Facebook sites are very important to watch and to follow and to like. And when you follow them, then uh, when they post something, they end up coming over to your your site and you get you get all the posts, news posts. So these are very important sites to tell you what's going on in our community and what you can do about it. So one of the sites is if you can write it down, Sutter County, say no to new taxes. I'll say it again. Sutter County, say no to new taxes. That's one Facebook site. The other one is Yuba College, Bond, and then the hash deal hashtag that, that means number, hashtag five, number five. Yuba College, Bond, number five. Then put a hyphen in and then put vote no. Yuba College, Bond, number five, vote no. And I'll give you mine. Uh, which may have some similar stuff, but it's uh, live, L-I-V-E, with Lou, L-O-U, live with Lou. Those three sites are going to give you information you're not going to get anywhere else unless you listen to this podcast or radio show. But uh, you may not listen to this routinely, but you, if you get linked to those Facebook sites, then you're going to get automatically informed every time there's a post, it's going to pop up on your news feed. Are, we, are you with me? All right. Uh, okay, let me get back to where I was. All right. Uh, oh, the other, the other, the other location. This isn't a uh, Facebook site; it's a website, and we've been working on it. Uh, it was created at the beginning of COVID by a lady named uh, Courtney Allen. Now Courtney Ortega. She did a beautiful job throwing that together. I was shocked at how fast and how well she put that together to inform people about the lies of COVID and how you could get all kinds of services uh, to get you out of mandates and stuff and stuff. I won't go into the details, but it was a great site. But now we're moving into a different phase of this uh, compliance. Now we're going beyond COVID to just say, hey, you're going to comply. That's just the way it is if you want this service. And that's at the state level, federal level, and local level. So now uh, we still have the same website, same name. We're just updating the entire site. So uh, that's another place that you can uh, go and check maybe a couple times a week. And uh, there'll be newsy items on the front page of that. And that's Freedom Co., Freedom Co., all one word, freedomco.net. It stands for Freedom Coalition Network, and that was created uh, back in the early COVID days when it just started out. And now there's some freedom coalitions around Northern California in various counties and they are activist groups. They all are uh, doing things a little bit differently than one another because they have different challenges in different counties. So uh, they don't all have websites, but they all dip into ours over here at Yuba Sutter. So it's freedomco.net. And, um, uh, 
So you can look up, the, uh, if you look up at the uh, menu across the top, you can, there's drop downs and you can pick up all kinds of different topics from food sovereignty to COVID to the vax to uh, medical independence, you know, how to get your me- medical uh, services without being lied to. Uh, education is covering schools. It's covering 5G, 5G issues. Uh, it's covering, uh, like I mentioned, food sovereignty. And I'm going to talk hopefully about that a little bit later, about food sovereignty and about uh, the mRNA vaccine that's going to be given to meat animals. That means you're going to, if you don't take the jab, or if you do take the jab, you're going to get it uh, in the meat you eat or you can decide to eat grass-fed organic meat, which uh, I'm encouraging. And on there, there's some meat places on that uh, food sovereignty page uh, on freedomco.net. But there's a lot of different topics uh, on freedomco.net. It's even, uh, well, just go check it out if you're interested. If you're not interested, no use me talking about it, all right? And we'll just get down to it. Okay, I want to mention another uh, group uh, – uh, by the, oh, by the way, this Saturday, when this pops up, uh, you, you're going to hear this on Saturday, the 15th, but we're going to have a booth out on Center Street in Yuba City. It's just almost at the cross street of Plumas, Plumas and Center. For about a half block, it'll be blocked off, and there'll be different booths, pop-up tents, and there'll be people pitching things, selling things, and that type of stuff. And uh, we're going to have a booth for freedomco.net, and it'll also have uh, giving away free Narcan and Narcan test uh, test uh, strips. And if you know, if you hang out or you're using opiates, no questions asked, you're using opiates and you need some Narcan, we'll have some there. We'll also have some people there from Church of Glad Tidings, they tell me, that, that are going to pray for people. That, you know, and anytime you have a group, Groups coming through, there's people are going through things, they just got diagnosed with some kind of problem, or they're having trouble, somebody got arrested, somebody got in a car accident, somebody overdosed, something, something, people are having something happen. So we're going to have prayer, we're going to have Narcan, and we're going to have information on freedomco.net, Freedomco, Freedom Coalition Network. Okay, so also want to mention Dr. Cassidy and I, uh, are working together. He is the specialist in the area for uh, narcotics and addiction of any type. And so uh, what we're trying to do is getting addicts uh, who are, are trying to figure out what to do about their addiction. Some of them have lost hope. Don't lose hope. We'll help in, in uh, inject you with some hope. And uh, you can reach Dr. Cassidy. He works part-time uh, at Peachtree Health. And you can reach Peachtree Health at 530-749-3242, 749-3242. If you cannot get through, sometimes that system to phone through the system is cumbersome, difficult, so you could dial him up or text him. We prefer you text him only during the day. Text him once, 530-682-8648, 682-8648. Just put your name, addiction, and your phone number, and he will get back to you. If you're nervous and you just say, I'm frustrated, I need somebody to talk to you right now, then you call me. 
And you can call me 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 530-713-1838, 713-1838. And I'll make the connections for you to get you in. The reason we want you to see the doctor and have him check you over health-wise is we just don't want to start recommending things if, if maybe there's other health issues you have besides addiction. But we'll recommend you, uh, we have medication that, that can be provided to you to stop the withdrawals. We have other ideas on on weaning yourself off certain things. And we have uh, inpatient and outpatient rehabilitation centers to get you connected to and get you the help you need and get a new life and get you back with your family and friends and uh, not feel like you have to do this that you've been doing for whatever amount of time. So, uh, okay, you got that? All right, we're going to go back, and we're about done. We're just almost done with our second segment. So uh, we'll just make adjustment here and just move on down. Uh, I want to talk to you when we come back about masks. Uh, I was in the uh, the training zone gym the other night, and a guy I really respect, he's, he just became a veterinarian. He went to UC Davis. He's a bodybuilder. He's a competitor bodybuilder, so he's serious about it. He knows a lot about it, and he was running around with a mask. And I'll tell you the story when we come back. Everybody knows that inflation is the reason the dollar doesn't buy jack anymore. Economists love to list many very complicated reasons why prices rise. But make no mistake, Wall Street and Uncle Sam would much rather we stay completely ignorant about the most insidious reason why prices rise. Do you understand that banks print money out of thin air and then make loans and profit off the interest? When big businesses or big banks or governments can't repay what they borrowed, they're too big to fail. There's no fiscal responsibility. There's no accountability. The banks just restructure the loans and create more money out of thin air. Our system is backed by the full faith and credit of the United States government, which means the Fed prints more money for the government. And the taxpayer bears the burden and cost of shady corporate deals, bad investments, and nonstop bailouts in the form of inflation. We are, as Americans, quite literally paying for perpetual corruption. Yeah, what Garland's saying, I can understand because those people that are going after those pregnancy resources center, they are doing it at night and it's hard to see at night. It is so hard. It's hard to see at night. Um, the, those who are attacking the pregnancy resources centers, uh, which is a, a horrid thing to do, are doing this at night um, in the dark. We have I understand that because when it's dark, you can't find anything because it's hard to see because the light is gone. It's gone when you can't see nothing. Yeah, I get that. I understand that. It's hard to see at night. When the sun goes down, you can't see nothing. I tried hunting a squirrel once, and I climbed way up in a tree, and I could not find that sucker because it was dark. It's so dark, and I ended up falling out of the tree. And that's when the bad guys come out. They come out at night because it's dark, and you can't see nothing. I mean, when it's dark... You can't see anything because it's dark. It's hard to see because the sun is sleeping. 
the sun is resting its little sweet head and it's not coming up for hours. So you got a long period of time where it's just dark. It's so dark. And Garland's folks, those FBI guys, they can't they can't see anything either at night. You know, they have to wait till the sun wakes back up so they can do their job. If you shut off all the lights right now, like you shut everything off, you would not be able to see. You would just be like, where am I going? What, 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 what am I doing? It's hard. It's so hard when it's dark. Um, the, those who are attacking the pregnancy resources centers, uh, which is a, a horrid thing to do, are doing this at night um, in the dark. We have. So I totally stand with Merrick Garland. I agree with him. It's difficult to get anything done at night. And those guys, they're so clever because they're going after the resource centers at night. Lake Engel joins us tonight. Lake, thanks for coming up. Thanks for having me, Tucker. So I don't know if I was mischaracterizing that. You had this professor called Allison Downey who was so threatened because you disagreed with her that she tried to get you to sign some form apologizing for your unorthodox, non-allowed thoughts, and then what happened? Right, yeah, she asked that I would sign a document complying with her, asking me to apologize to the class as well as giving her a written apology. She asked that I would stand in front of the class in silence um, as I apologized, and then they would give any comments on my outbursts. Did she say what specifically she was so offended by? Uh, she didn't like the fact that I disagreed with the subject being pushed in class, being more than one gender, male privilege, uh, systemic sexism, and uh, mansplaining. What's, is mansplaining a, a, a measurable thing? I mean, is it a like species of social science studying mansplaining? What is mansplaining anyway? Do you know? Did you learn? Um, I'm not sure. I think it's any time a man speaks, really. So by citing the long-standing view of biologists, the hard scientists, Alison Downey, who supposedly you say she's a professor, tried to get you to stand in front of the class and take abuse. Did you do that? No, I didn't. I was supposed to, but she really didn't give me a chance. I was given 10 days to comply, uh, but the day after she asked this of me, she decided to push it on through to the university's provost office to then hold a hearing, which would decide whether or not it could be allowed in class, period. This poor student was stating a fact, especially in a religious class with the Bible. I mean, God created man and woman. We saw what happened to the Garden of Eden. We've seen medical journals. There are two genders. And instead, his future with the school is in question. And Tucker has it right. Drop out of school. I mean, what is he getting out of this? You can't even tell the truth in college anymore. It is an indoctrination laboratory for nothing but liberal thought. And now, because you say a fact, they're going to escalate this and make sure that you pay. You're going to stand up in front of the class and let them chastise you and castigate you for being honest. And anytime a man talks to a woman, they consider to be condescending, so that's what mansplaining is. No, sometimes men have good points. Sometimes women have good points. It's not mansplaining, and by the way, it's funny. 
They're teaching mansplaining, but there's no such thing as a biological man in their eyes. Their hypocrisy is rich. Right, so I was uh, seeing a friend I hadn't seen for a long time because everybody got disconnected because of COVID, but he's a young college graduate, uh, veterinarian, and he's working in the Yuba Center area, and he, he competes. In other words, his body's cut to the point where he competes against other people that they got their body toned up. So anyway, he was walking around with a mask on. I said, hey, dude, what's up with a mask? He said, oh, well, you know, I live with my parents, and I they're really old, and they haven't got all the jabs yet, and and I don't want to, I don't worry about myself. I just, I'm, I'm worried about doing, you know, my parents. And I just thought, here's the problem. You know, you have a guy that spent thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars of his money or other people's monies to go, not just to go to far, four years of college, but then become a veterinarian. And he doesn't even get it. He, you know, people think, oh, everybody knows about this COVID loot. How come you keep, keep talking about it? No, everybody doesn't know. And people have been snowed and lied to. This guy should, of all the people, the medical people, should be able to figure this out. But I felt so sad for him. I, I wasn't going to take it any far, farther. There was other people standing around when I made that comment. But almost everybody in the gym now, you hardly everybody's ever see a person with a mask on because it's horrible for your health. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that later. And, and uh... uh but I, I was saddened because of my friend who uh, is being suckered. So I have talked a lot about the mask. I refuse to wear a mask. Uh, nearly 99.9% of the COVID time I did. I had to go to court uh, because the county of uh, Yuba uh, su- uh, subpoenaed me to come to court and argue on why I shouldn't have a restraining order against the uh, county health officer because I, I said she needs to be held accountable for killing people with the jab and with the masks and keeping people inside of houses and telling people they can't go to rehabs. And she need to basically uh, face a Nuremberg-style trial and be uh, shot by a firing squad, which we felt totally comfortable with back in the 1945s. So um, Anyway, uh, all kinds of people were doing their own tests during COVID with the mask. And there was a group of uh, Florida families, a half dozen Florida families that took the masks that their kids had worn all day at school. And they took them to a lab and said, will you look at these masks and tell us uh, what is on these masks? And they found, I, I, I have a whole list, not in front of me today, but I had an incredible list of bad uh, bacteria and germs, not vi- not the virus, not COVID, but bad things that could cause serious problems in your life. And uh, so then they thought, well, maybe the kids just had that kind of bacteria on their T-shirts and on their pants and stuff. So maybe it's just not the sucking air through the mask and touching the mask all day with your hands. 
And I mean, even E. coli, I mean, it, gnarly stuff inside the mask that you're breathing constantly, breathe in, breathe out, breathe in, breathe out. So then they, they took the kids' T-shirts and they had the lab look at the T-shirts. The T-shirts did not have the filth, even though T-shirts get filthy on young people particularly. Uh, the T-shirts did not have the filth that, that was accumulating and breeding in that mass where there was all that humidity and br blowing out carbon dioxide and breathing in oxygen, right? So, so they did their own study, and they said, we're done with masks. So as, this says a systematic review of 2,168 studies that looked into the adverse effects of wearing masks during COVID-19 pandemic has found that the practice led to negative health consequences, including itching. You might think, oh, Lou, you're nitpicking now. No, no, no. This is what the article says. But I, I was in uh, Harbor Freight. You ever been to a Harbor Freight store looking for some tools? And the lady had a mask on. They weren't requiring us to have masks on, but the, the workers had to have masks on. She had a black mask, and she said, I hate this mask. I said, I said, yeah, you can't breathe good. She said, oh, she said, it's got my entire face flared up, skin's itch, you know, uh, got infection. The skin and the cheeks were all infected, right? rubbing, 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 and the E. coli and all the fucky bacteria on there. So the health consequences were uh, itching, headaches, and restriction of oxygen. Now, this restriction of oxygen is no small thing. This article does not address the impact on causing cancer. Cancer does not flourish when there's a abundance of oxygen. Did you know that? It, when there's any time there's a restriction of oxygen where you're not breathing normally, where you're not breathing deeply, you don't get exercise. You know, when you get exercise, you're breathing lots and lots of oxygen. That, that causes your cancer-fighting system to really do well. And so uh, it says, we found significant effects in both medical and surgical and N95 masks with a greater impact of the second, uh, in other words, bad effects. So uh, a meta-analysis meta of multiple studies found that headache was the most frequent symptom among mask wearers and a prevalence of 62% for the general mask use, up to 70 when used using the N95s, 70% having headaches. Shortness of breath was observed at 33% of general mask use and 37% of N95s. That's pretty se serious. I personally uh, had, had just a sense I couldn't get my breath with a mask on. 17% of surgical mask wearers experience itching. This number was at 51% for N95s. Dizziness was found to be prevalent in 5% of the subjects. Mask interfered with O2 uptake. That's your oxygen uptake and CO2 release. In other words, it made it difficult to get rid of your carbon dioxide and difficult to t suck in the oxygen. It, it compromised respiratory compensation. Though evaluated wearing durations, though evaluated wearing durations are shorter than daily or prolonged use, outcomes independently validate mask-induced exhaustion syndrome (MIES) and downstream physiometabolic dysfunctions. MIES can have a long-term clinical consequence, especially for vulnerable groups. So, there. Uh, I'm going to have to think of his name over in Idaho. He has one of the largest clinics, uh, pathology clinics, where you send in the cells to determine what's wrong with this person. 
And um, Ryan Cole is his name. Ryan Cole's the doctor. He's a pathologist. They go to four years of school. Then they go to four years of medical school. Then they go to four years of pathology school, 12 years of collegiate school to become a pathologist, to tell doctors what's wrong. So this guy said as soon as the COVID jab started, cancers begin to explode, the numbers of cancers. And this goes along with, with two things. One, the masks which cut down people's auctions and the jab, which inhibited the immune system uh, fighters against cancer that would hit, inhibit cancer. So, uh, so it said it's this, this test suggested that the side effects of face masks be assessed based on risk benefit analysis. I'm not going to spend time there. I got too many other good things to talk about. So I'm just going to move on here. You're getting the idea. I'm not BSing you. I'm telling you what's going on here. Um, said in 2020, following COVID-19 outbreak, recommendations on mask wearing around the world suddenly changed. Would they change from, uh, let me go back one more paragraph. Prior to COVID-19 pandemic, listen to this closely now, existing data on respiratory viruses had shown that there was no basis you hear that? N-O-N-O-N-O. No, 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 no basis for wearing masks to prevent the spread. All the studies done in the world until 2020 showed that there's no justification for this. Yoev Yehez Kelly, a specialist in internal medicine and lieutenant colonel in the Israeli Defense Forces, said in an interview, that's what he said, which is what I read you. The U.S. Center for Disease Control Prevention as well and who who issued guidelines that there was no need for wearing masks in the general public, he pointed out. But in 2020, this is the reason. It's not about health. It's not about COVID. It's about compliance. Listen to me, people. This is a really important distinction. In 2020, following COVID start, recommendations on mask wearing around the world suddenly changed without having any new professional support. No scientific data to confirm that it does indeed have effectiveness regarding respiratory infection. Uh, potential negative effects include headaches. This is what they found uh, eventually. Uh, shortness of breath, a dip in blood oxygen levels, a rise in carbon dioxide levels, concentration difficulties, and bacteria, bacterial contamination. You hear what I said? Bacterial contamination. That's what those six families found on their children. They found all kind of bacterial and in, in, a contamination in the mask after wearing it all day. The accumulation of carbon dioxide, CO2, can end up causing tiredness, blurriness, sleepiness, he noted. So you're driving down the road, right? I saw people driving down the road all by themselves wearing a mask. I wonder how many got sleepy and ran right off the road. So uh, that's just, uh, this is a Cochrane, uh, Cochrane database syst syst systematic reviews. Uh, they they did all this compilation of what's shaken. So uh, okay. Uh, by the way, uh, some of my friends work at Adventist Hospital, and they were all rejoicing, partying this past week uh, because Adventist Health stopped mandating all of them wear masks. They all hated it. They did it. You know why they did it? To keep their job, right? Did it have any scientific basis? Not one. What was the basis? Money. It was all about money. If you do what we tell you, we'll give you money. If you don't, you need to fire these people. That's what it's all about. It had nothing to do with COVID except compliance. 
It had nothing to do with protecting people or protecting the individual who had the mask on. Okay. I want to talk to you a little bit about the corruption in our, in our college system and uh, in our, all the way down the line. So what we have right now are these, you keep hearing about student loans, student loans, student loans. Back in the day, most people didn't take out a student loan back in my day. They just paid their own college. They worked hard in the summer and, and, and maybe even worked and went to college and they paid for their own, right? You, you pay a tuition to get in, in some colleges, and then you pay so much per unit that you take fees and then you have to buy the books, right? Well, now that the, because of wokeness, people are saying this is a waste of time in college. I'm not going to sit and listen to this nonsense. These these people should be in a mental health ward, not teaching a college class. So people are are walking, they're they're voting with their feet. They're leaving college. They're not joining college. I was talking to a guy the other day. Uh, he has a sandwich shop, and uh, we were talking. He's got the best sandwich shop in the area, in my opinion. Uh, it, it's called AJ's, over in. Uh, in Yuba City on Bridge Street, right next to Sherman Williams Paint Store back in there, back in that corner, a little strip mall, and called AJ's. And so I was talking to the gentleman, uh, and uh, I don't know whether he owns it now or is a partner in it, but uh, I knew the guy who originally owned the one in Marysville. Then they moved, they started second in, in uh, Yuba City, then they had to close the other one because they lost their lease in Marysville. So anyway, I was over there having lunch, and the guy, and I was talking to a guy a key guy there. And he said, Oh yeah. He said, I went, I, I went to college. He said, I was going to college. And he said, uh, the classes were ridiculous. And, and he said, I just decided, uh, I'm not going to do this. This is ridiculous. I'm not going to do it. And so he worked, he was working in a sandwich shop and now he's a, either the owner or partial owner. And he was telling me about how bizarre and uh, un, unuseful, useless, the education was that they were offering at Yuba College. And he said, yeah, I said, I thought I could do better. Just uh, I was smarter than the, than the professors and what they were teaching because they were teaching nonsense. So uh, so he said that ended my college career. So uh, he's doing he went into business for himself. And of course, I thought, oh, I'm going to support this guy because he's red hot. So this article is about our, and, and we're, we're in a controversy with the Yuba College system, by the way. Uh, Yuba College uh, started here in Yuba County, and now it has campuses, I think, in, uh, I think there's five, there's five campus sites and uh, around Northern California. One of the big ones is in Woodland. And uh, and then there's two sub campuses that now Woodland lists them as sub campuses to them in Lake County, uh, Woodlands in Yolo County. There's Lake County, Calusa County, and uh, now there's uh, Sutter County and Yuba County. And so Yuba County was the the original Yuba College. That makes sense. So then they had these satellite campuses. And so over the years, the way they f they fund it, they get college funding. They get some tuitions some for units and then they pass these bonds these school bonds and so we've been fighting against these school bonds because yuba and sutter counties not all the counties participate in the financing of these colleges campuses even though the ca the campus is in their county so some some uh counties i think there's eight counties that contribute towards the five campuses 
And so some of the counties may just have a handful of property owners that pay for bonds on their property tax bill. But Eubin and Sutter pay heavily. They're the lion's share of the votes and the dollars that are paying for these campuses. Well, over the last few years, we've been talking about this. The Yuba College campus in, Yuba, in Marysville, out in what we call Linda area, on, on the way to North, uh, Beale Air Force Base, has been allowed to fall apart. And they just let these buildings fall apart. And then they say, oh, well, they're just too old. We'll just throw them away, like an old shirt, right? But they forget that a lot of us live in houses that actually were older than Yuba College. So the other day, someone just sent me this email that uh, from there's, you know, there's representatives uh, for the college on the board of trustees from all over uh, the eight counties. And so this guy named Jesse Ortiz, uh, I don't know whether he had syphilis and his brain was damaged or he had a, a John Fetterman experience. Maybe he had a stroke. I feel bad for him if any of those things happen, but he was answering questions from a constituent and a constituent was saying, Hey, how come we're paying all these bonds? Da, 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 da. And he's saying, you know, just what I just told you, you're letting Yuba college campus fall to hell in a handbasket. You went and, and, and abandoned the administrative offices and paid $325,000 per year for, for rented offices. When you have a whole campus full of buildings and you have, you have campus, you, you have classrooms that you can't even go into. They're full of mold. You wouldn't fix the roofs, right? And in 2006, we passed these bonds. I didn't, but the majority of the taxpayers passed a bond to raise $190 million. Now, you could do a lot with $190 million. You would think maybe you need to build a, a building here and there, but you'd think you'd want to, you know, if you had a roof on your house, what would you do? You'd fix the roof first, right? You'd get on that roof. You'd get on the electrical problems. You get on the leaky windows, right? Put in new windows. So it's interesting us here in the private sector who have to fund all these bonds. We're putting in new windows. We're putting on new roofs. We're doing this. We're doing that. Trying to extend the life or improve our house or upgrade our house so it's better, 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 right? In the government system, they just let things run, run crash land, and they don't fix them up. So... In this email, back to this constituent, Jesse Ortiz, trustee for Area 5, he tells the guy that Yuba College, he said, we need to do ongoing upgrades. The campus is close to 100 years old. Now, this guy, now I, I have compassion. I was on a board for a county uh, board of education, and it takes a while to catch up when you don't know anything about serving on that board and you get elected, Right. But he made a comment that the campus is close to 100 years old. I think he's confused with the Marysville High School campus. That is close to 100 years old, Marysville High School campus. And, and across from that, they built Yuba College just across the street. And then they gave Yuba College classes to Marysville High School. And then they went out and built a brand new campus out in, on uh, Northville Road before all, all these other sites started. So it's interesting that the old campus that they abandoned and gave to Marysville High School is still in amazing shape. You know why? Because they put new, new roofs on it. They paint it. They repair it. They put new plumbing. They put new lights. They, they keep it up. They paint, 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 clean, 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 plants, plant, plant, plant stuff, right? And so, uh, but out in Yuba College, they just let it go. Now, the, the rumor is that they're going to put another bond on the ballot in 2024, and so we were getting ready to oppose it. 
because they uh, that looks to me like they're going to abandon the Yuba County Yuba College campus in favor of all the other campuses. And Woodland has these campuses, sub-campuses now listed under them as Woodland Community College. Woodland Community College does not even want to have anything to do with Yuba College, doesn't want the name, doesn't want the name on the graduation certificates. They don't want anything to do with Yuba College except get the money. I, as a taxpayer, I'm a, I'm a property owner in Yuba County, so I have to pay these bonds, mandatory, right, even though I didn't vote for them. They... We are paying the lion's share of, of building Yuba, uh, a county and an, uh, a community college in another community. Why would we do that? That's stupid. And I'm, I'm going to oppose it. I'm going to talk more about it when we come back and do our fourth segment. All right, hold on. My dad said I need to put it in the bank so it can grow over the years. Well, that's fantastic. A really smart decision, young man. We can put that check in a money market mutual fund. Then we'll reinvest the earnings into foreign currency accounts with compounding interest, and it's gone. Uh, what? It's gone. It's all gone. What's all gone? The money in your account. It didn't do too well. It's gone. What do you mean? I, I have $100. Not anymore, you don't. Poof. Well, well, what can I do to get back I'm my... I'm sorry, sir, but this line is for bank members only. I just opened an account. Do you have any money invested with this bank? No, you just lost it all. Then please stand aside for people who actually have money with us. Next, please. The genetic editing of plants to contain edible vaccines is well underway. Work is being done with bananas, potatoes, tomatoes, lettuce, rice, wheat, soybeans, and corn. Companies like Medicago are using gene editing to turn plants into mini bioreactors. Medicago's manufacturing facility looks like a nursery, but inside these plants, they're growing a new kind of vaccine. The technology is called a virus-like particle. At Medicago, we use a careful step-by-step -step process to develop vaccines using our plants as mini bioreactors. We start with the gene sequence or code of a virus. We then use our technology to synthesize the virus code into a real biological product. The code contains genetic instructions that our plants can read, and we insert it into bacteria called Agrobacterium tumefaciens. We submerge the plants in a bath with the bacteria that carries the information into the plant cells. And using a vacuum, we suck out the air between the plant cells and replace it with the liquid. The plants absorb it like a sponge. At the end of their bacterial bath, we return our plants to a carefully controlled greenhouse to let them get on with their natural growing business for at least four days. Now the plants will start producing the most important ingredient of our vaccines, virus-like particles. Gene editing is now officially in our meat industry. 
Lobbyists for the cattlemen and pork associations in several states have confirmed that they will be using the mRNA COVID vaccines on their livestock. Attorney Tom Renz has been warning that there is no law requiring anyone to give informed consent for vaccine food. There are no laws requiring anyone to tell you the food you are buying has been vaxxed with the spike protein clot shot. The UK recently passed into law the Genetic Technology Precision Breeding Bill. The bill amends the Environmental Protection Act of 1990 to exclude references to precision bred organisms so far as they relate to marketing. Precision bred organism is another term for gene edited. So now in the UK, food that's been gene edited can be legally marketed as non-GMO. And if this UK gene edited meat makes its way to America, it can be labeled non-GMO here as well. And so long as it's butchered in America, it can be labeled product of USA. The fake alternative meat being pushed by Bill Gates and others is made of immortal cell lines. In other words, cancerous tumor cells. Real meat is being blamed for climate change. And a recent independent study suggests that most of our meat is already contaminated. Using infrared spectroscopy and electron microscopy, Dr. Anna Maria Mialcia has been studying the blood of the vaxxed and the unvaxxed for over a year now. And at first, she was finding the same contamination in only the blood of the vaxxed, a contamination that she describes as ribbon-like structures, much like the mysterious blood clots being found by coroners. But lately, she's been finding these ribbon-like structures in the blood of the unvaxxed as well. By measuring the frequency of one of these mysterious rubbery blood clots, Dr. David Jennigan has developed a way of detecting the same frequency in the vaxxed. Recently, he's found this unique frequency in the meat being sold in his local grocery store and asked Dr. Mialcia to confirm his findings. Her microscopy showed that the blood samples taken from products in the grocery store were all contaminated with the similar ribbon-like structures found in the blood of the vaxxed. Most of the meat in the grocery store is from overseas, and if we want to eat uncontaminated meat, we'll have to start buying direct from farms in America that still produce all-natural organic protein and take back control of our democidal government. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. Anyway, the, the notion that was passed on to me today was that they're going to the bond they're going to put on the ballot because they think that there's so much opposition. Remember those two Facebook sites I gave you early on? Well, watch those Facebook sites because they're going to be talking about the bonds. In fact, there's a new posting, I think, today. So um, anyway, uh, in order to avoid the blowback they're going to have on this new bond because they've misspent the money. 
because Yuba Sutter residents, uh, particularly Yuba County and, and Sutter County, they, they both benefit from the Yuba County site. They got ripped off big time and are getting ripped off. So in order to resist the blowback, the word is they're going to put a bond on the 2024 ballot for Yuba College, but to only benefit the Yuba College campus in Linda. I'm voting against it. That's not to blow through $190 million since 2006. Well, that's when we voted on it. It, the money started coming in later. That's not my fault. And I'm not going to bail people out like this. Uh, that's their problem. And so uh, this article that I ran across today or the other day, and I set aside for today, it says more than a third of community college students have vanished. And this is talking about California people. It's talking about Shoreline Community College. And it's interviewing a guy named Enrique Camara. And uh, but I guess all over the country, people aren't just aren't going to college like they used to. You, you want me to tell you why? Because you sit in the classes and a lot of people are smarter than the professors because the pre- professors are start talking stupid stuff. Like you, there can be more than two genders, like you came from an ape, like the world is ending in 12 years if you don't crush your aluminum cans or something like that. So this Camara, Enrique, his name's Santos Enrique Camara. He had a four-point grade point average in high school. And he said he just got poor service at the, at the campus he went to, went to. He said he'd contact people. They'd get back to him in a few days. He said you need help with your class, class aides and, and uh, financial. You need help getting your classes, finding out what you should do, figuring out what classes to take to get to a certain uh, major and minor. He just said it was lousy service. Where in America, is there any place in America today that has lousy service? I've been getting ready to book uh, another team going to Vietnam. And you know what I tell them? Don't give me any American carriers. I want to fly Asian, one of the Asian carriers from around the world. You know why? The, the service is so incredibly su- superlative and superior. It, it's shocking the first time you walk in and you get t- treated with incredible kindness and and expediting everything and wonderful service from the first time you take your bags to the counter or however you want to enter the system to the time you get off and you come home. It is unbelievable. So is there anywhere in America today where you get amazing service? Tell me about it. Send me an email uh, or text me. So anyway, this Enrique Camara, he ends up dropping out of school. And he said uh, the number of students at community colleges, these, that's the junior college system, the two-year system, has dropped 37%. If your business dropped 37% since 2010, you're in trouble. You don't have the same business you, you ran 37%, almost 40%. He said, even though community colleges are far cheaper than four-year schools, I went a year at Yuba, and I, I didn't move on because I didn't like Yuba. They had good teachers there. I moved on because I was doing drugs, and I wanted to get out of my parents' house, so I moved to Sacramento and went to school down there. I didn't want to be under their thumb, so to speak, as a youngster would say, even though they were kind people, and they, they were right. I was wrong. I'm just telling you that the college, college was clean. 
It was taken care of back in the 1960s, and it was cheap, and the teachers were good. I took I took good I took a bunch of classes there, and uh, they were solid. So anyway, but the guy says here in this article said published tuition and fees last year averaged three thousand eight hundred sixty dollars for community college. That's junior to 39,400 for something like Sacramento State like oh sorry that's a private college 394 and then 10,940 for the public four-year school so if you have a like we have in California we have a, we have a university system then we have a college system four-year college and then we have a junior college system so anyway that's still a lot of money isn't it it's still a lot of money it used to be uh so anyway a lot of people are deciding I don't really need it I could go out and get a good job and make a good living without without all this nonsense and and taking all these classes. And here's the this the let me give you these these numbers. You may not want to memorize them, but it's going to tell you how how rugged things have gotten and how just like a lot of other institutions, colleges are collapsing. The number of students at community colleges has fallen 37 percent, as I mentioned, since 2010 or 2.6 million are gone. 2.6 million students. Those numbers would even be more grim if they didn't include high school students taking dual enrollment courses. So in the last 10, 15 years, after I was long gone out of school, they give high school students the opportunity to come on the college campus, take an English 1A class, for instance, and get enrollment at the college level and enrollment at the high school level. So I was just talking to somebody the other day, and she, she said her son or daughter oh it was yeah her son uh had finished college and i think he finished junior college and he was only like 18 years of age or 19 years of age finished junior college and and getting his flight license he learned how to fly a plane he took that uh he had he went to a school a charter school that taught you how to fly so anyway that the numbers that I, inc- I I gave you include high school kids that are out there taking dual enrollment courses. That means a lot more people have left that would normally have gone to college. Uh, they're losing money big time. And high school students, do you know, high school students now make up 20% of the community college enrollment. That was zero there were no call, there were no high school students allowed to do that when I was going to school. Los Angeles City College, the number of students at community college has fallen, fallen again, thirty seven percent. Two year community colleges have the worst completion rates. Check this out. Like, why are we even doing this? Worst completion rates of any kind of universities and colleges. Like Kamara, nearly half of the students drop out. Nearly half within a year. I dropped out after a year of the community college where they started only slightly more than 40% finish junior college. That's two years within six years. In other words, it takes them six years to finish and only 40 slightly more than 40% finish at all. That was up by just under one percentage point last year. Okay. Well, four out of five students, I'm telling you this. So why are we supporting the junior colleges? You know, right now what they're saying, they, if you're an illegal in this country, they'll put you through for free and not, not call ice. Think about that. Your kids, maybe if I had kids still at home, 
I would be paying on my bond. It's on my tax. It's not negotiable. It's on my taxes. I would be paying it on that. Plus, I would be paying tuition. Plus, I would be paying for the books. Now they're talking about giving free books. You know how much those books cost? Some of those books are 100 bucks, 70 bucks. Now they're talking about to encourage kids to go to college. We're going to give them free books. We're going to give them free tuition. We're going to do all free, just like they do high school. It's crazy, people. And horrible, horrible outcomes, horrible uh, classes. While four out of five students who begin at community college say they plan to go on to get a bachelor's degree, only about one of six of them actually pull that off. That's down by 15% since 2020, since three years ago, two years ago, when this is probably referring to. Half of all Hispanic and 40% of all black students in high, higher education are enrolled at the community colleges. Listen, people, it's a loser deal. If those colleges were teaching amazing courses and courses where you could walk out and get a job right away and, and you, they didn't teach you all this woke nonsense, baloney, hate America nonsense. Listen, people realize nobody's paying you to have a bad attitude about America. Nobody's paying extra money for that. That doesn't, that's not, that's going to cause business. Go, go woke, go broke. You go woke. Uh, you're going to have problems in the business. Many high school graduates are increasingly questioning the value of going to college at all. Good for them. The proportion who enroll in the fall after they finish high school is down from a high of 70% in 2016 to 63% in 2020. We're talking about all kids across the nation. That's the most recent period for which figures are available in Washington. Only about 50%, one out of two of the state's high school class of 2021, enrolled in a two- or four-year institution within a year of finishing high school. Big problems, people. And you know what they're going to do? They're just going to give them more and more money, and they're going to try to bribe kids to go to school. We'll pay you to go to school. We'll give you free books. You, you don't have to belong to this country. If you can get in the border, we will pay for you to go to college. So here's the kind of here's the kind of a care you get. Megan Parrish, who's at 20 at 26, has been in and out of community college since 2016, said she waits two or three days to get answers from advisors. She said, I've had to go out of my way to find people. And if they didn't know the answer, they would send me to somebody else, usually by email. Hearing back from financial aid office, she said, can take a month. You know, you know. This is why they don't want any competition with the government schools because they can't, they can't afford, they can't live up. They, their people have been trained for mediocrity. Their administrators are trained for mediocrity. Their teachers are trained for mediocrity. They just don't give a damn. Employers, meanwhile, are lukewarm about the quality of community college students. I would be myself. Don't be impressing me with college who do manage to graduate, according to a survey released in, in December by researchers at Harvard Business School. Even those that are graduating, business has lost the love for college students. Only about a quarter strongly agree that community colleges produce graduates who are ready to go to work. I have a, f a friend of mine. 
good friend, Phil Enright. He was uh, re- he's retired from uh, international business, uh, a lot in the media and public relations. Uh, and he uh, helps me at uh, Yuba County Jail teach a class on how to get a job. Now you think, boy, you get a record, tough time getting a job, right? You get a felony, There's we call them felon-friendly businesses. Not all businesses are felon-friendly. The more gnarly the crime, more difficult it is to find a job, right? But he, you know, all these people just, oh, they post up online, do all this line stuff, and Phil Enright just, he he does not, he is not impressed by college graduates. And he encourages the criminals. These are criminals doing time for their crime. He tells them that they can outperform the college-educated students. Isn't that cool? And uh, I'm not going to get into the details here and how we do it, but he, he, uh, he has all eyes looking at him when he's telling us how to make money as a uh, parolee or probationer. Michigan, it says, is trying to prod more people there to go to colleges by providing free community college tuition to residents 25 and older. More than 24,000 have enrolled through the program called Michigan Reconnects, and 2,000 have completed a degree or certificate. See what I say? They're so desperate. It's, it's kind of like, hey, you run a lousy business, but you're so desperate, you'll, you'll say, I'll, I'll give you the, uh, the first gallon free, or I'll, I'll give you two loaves of bread if you come to my store, or I'll give you a gallon of milk if you'll just come in here. A lousy, dirty store but they'll give you a spiff if you'll just come over and take a look, right? That's what schools are doing. They're, nobody wants them, uh, but kids, uh, in fact, I met a bunch of young men. They're amazing young men. I went down at a uh, the uh, Caterpillar store, the Holt store in Stockton, and uh, the guy I rode with down used to be a former uh, uh, retired, he's now a retired deputy sheriff, great guy. And he told me on how they had these in-house training programs for students they would find and they would encourage them to skip the school and come let them train them. And they were training them and paying them. They're paying them to be trained and they have them right there with the top mechanics for Holt working on those massive uh, tractors, the tires of which are eight feet tall. Uh, just amazing, huge piece of equipment. Guys, I, I met all of them. They were young, young men. Uh, and uh, really with it, sharp, and, uh, and, and instead of even going to tech schools, they're convincing them to come to them and let them train them in their own program, and they will pay them. Uh, 20, uh, community college students need more support than, than better prepared counterparts at four-year universities. Uh, I'm going to skip that part because I have other things to talk about. I think I made my point that uh, there's no reason to give any more money to you know, uh, I, my property, I will be dead and gone before the, my property is paid off the bonds on this Yuba College thing, and I'm done with it. I, I am done for to watch what's happened to the Yuba County campus on North Beale Road. Is uh, somebody needs to be held accountable? But you know, it seems like elected officials get immunity for anything, maybe except raping their secretary. So, man, we got problems. If I, I try to tell people to get your kids out of the public education system and either do it yourself with the help of a um, a cooperative like Arrow Education, which is a cooperative of homeschool parents. They meet out here in Sutter County, 
at Church of Glad Tidings. You can go on the churchofgladtidings.com website, click on ministries, and then the arrow education thing will drop down. You'll see a list there, and arrow education. You click there, and you you can connect up with arrow education. They'll teach you how to homeschool your kids, and they'll help you. And they're not going to charge you for it either. They're all working together. And but if you don't have the ability to homeschool and you want your kids in a private school, I'm telling you, Epic, uh, E-P-E-C, you'll find out on the same drop-down, churchofgladtidings.com. Click on ministries. A drop-down will happen, and you can go down and look at E-P-E-C. And uh, the, uh, the staff there is unbelievable. I know a lot of them. I've known them for years. They're very sharp people. They are building character, uh, charactered, uh, top-notch citizen who are spiritual people, and they also are sharp in the uh, on the scholastics. So here we have. Uh, I just got a couple minutes left here today on this uh, clip and uh, this one segment. It said elementary school teacher admits the goal is to brainwash and confuse children about gender in order to recruit them as new LGBT, uh, the uh, alphabet mafia, basically. So it says a public school teacher who works at Mounds View Public Schools in Minnesota went viral this week after she admitted in a public school media video that the goal of the of her hideous, androgynous look is to intentionally confuse her students into not being able to figure out whether she is a girl or a boy. Now, I think that's what that's what's going on here in Yuba City Unified with this uh, Japanese uh, female running uh, running the school osumi superintendent osumi who got all her undies in a bundle over a slave auction the football players put on and it may have been done in bad taste but that doesn't mean they shut down the whole football season but that's she's woke and this is the kind of stuff she's going to be all into so it says the teacher who works specifically at valentine hills elementary school in arden hills in minneapolis and st paul expressed smug pride as she told her followers a story about how she overheard some students asking another teacher in the hallway if the teacher in the following video is male or female uh so uh she they have now scrubbed her picture off their website they they uh, protect these people said the current website of the specialist in the school her name's courtney ryan or his name it does not show Courtney Ryan's name. However, an archive snapshot of the same web page from the last week does list Courtney Ryan along with her contact. So she is a female uh, and contact information at the school. She's the only staff member listed who has no photo attached to her bio. It appears as though Valentine Hills elementary school scrubbed Ryan's bio from its current page in order to protect her. Now that her video has gone nutso. Unfortunately for Ryan, the internet never forgets. And so what we have, this is happening in all school district, and uh, you either have uh, uh, school board members that are going to be on this, or you're going to have to take action yourself. Uh, so they tried to erase this teacher from public view on their website after the, the video went nuts. So she said, I'm very upset that this teacher is saying that her goal is to confuse kids. One parent said, uh, her personal life has no place in a public school. That's exactly right. We're going to be right back with our fifth segment. And then we have a sixth segment as well. Be right back.
Remember the Lusitania, the British ship torpedoed by a German U-boat? You know, the one that forced us into World War I. What if J.P. Morgan and his cronies orchestrated the whole thing? Britain and France were about to default on $500 million worth of loans from American financiers. The Lusitania was owned by Cunard, Morgan's only shipping competitor. Morgan also had a media monopoly, and he refused to print an ad from the German consulate warning Americans not to travel on the Lusitania. For some reason that's still classified, the British Admiralty let the ship sail straight into U-boat infested waters alone. Once Congress declared war, they advanced $200 million to the Allies, who quickly used it to pay off their debt to Morgan. Throughout the war, France and England bought munitions from the Americans, totaling roughly $300 billion. Who received the entire commission for that amount? J.P. Morgan. On July 17, 1794, 16 Carmelite nuns were marched solemnly up the scaffold to go to their deaths under the guillotine. These Carmelite nuns had been brought there on carts through the streets of Paris. They were chanting, praise to God. Have mercy on me, God, and your kindness and your compassion blot out my offense. Now, on execution days, it was normally very loud, lots of jeering, people throwing things at the would-be criminals. But today, an eerie silence reigned. The crowd looked upon this spectacle of 16 happy nuns going to their deaths with perfect serenity. When the nuns came to the scaffold, they knelt and they intoned a song of praise to God. One by one, they were killed. Ten days after their execution, Maximilien Robespierre, the architect of the Reign of Terror, was executed and the French Revolution came to an end. There is an undeniable link between the martyrdoms of these nuns and the end of the French Revolution. Explain what the College Board has recently announced, that they are adding an environmental context dashboard for all students taking the SATs. What does this mean? In most tests, Latinos and Black people receive lower scores than whites and Asians. The question is, is what is the problem? Is there a problem with the test takers or the test? Progressives have brainwashed Black people into going to colleges and universities where they clamor for lowered standards. That is ridiculous. All of us that went through the 1960s and 1970s and got into predominantly white schools, we wanted to show what we could do. We were not begging white people to lower the standards for us. And now you have blacks in America, more affluent than ever before, clamoring for lowered standards, clamoring for segregation. They want to resegregate. They want to redo. It is ignorance. Here we go. I guess I could talk to you as a former teacher, a former board member, and a parent, uh, but I think there's plenty of emotions that you've heard in testimony tonight, so tonight I'm going to talk to you as an attorney. The question that uh, Mr. Tennis asked was about case law and, and how, uh, how this comes down in terms of case law and statutes. My message to you is that you are wading into extremely risky territory legally and that you're, if you're looking to avoid a lawsuits and litigation, the more that you involve yourself in trying to resolve this, this dilemma, the deeper you're going to be in your own legal risk. So let me give you an example. In your own administrative regulations, you have taken the, the, basically the Title IX concept, turned it into an anti-harassment policy, and then define what harassment is under penalty of disciplinary action for parents, staff, students, 
uh, and administrators. And you list the, the kinds of things that constitute harassment. The number one thing on your list is refusing to use the pronouns dictated by a child who, who identifies with a gender different than their natal sex. That becomes grounds for disciplinary action in this school district. That is compelled speech. It is exactly against the First Amendment. And you are subject to constitutional challenge the first time that you try to discipline a teacher for using, uh, refusing to use the, the pronouns dictated by a student. So that's just one example. I'm not going to talk to you about Title IX and what the, the confusion of natal gender has done to the intention of Title IX, which is to create an equal playing field for girls and boys, sports, and now by confusing gender, you are now uh, putting boys on the playing field and in the locker rooms of girls. That was never the intention of Title IX. And so, and you also have the degendering cases. I think the one thing that I want to bring to your attention is a District 1 case that has to do with social transition. And in that case, the court found that social transition is a mental health intervention. And as such, it is required to be subject to the diagnostic procedure, which hits five diagnostic points before any intervention is possible. Also, you've talked about the over 12 uh, age. There is an enumerated list of rights of 12-year-olds. There are things like abortion, birth control pills, and so forth and so on. It's an enumerated list. You get down to the bottom of the list, and it deals with a very vague issue of professionals. That's your time. Thank you. One of my coworkers told me that they were talking to some students in the hallway. And they asked, the students asked the other teacher if I'm a boy or a girl. And the teacher was like, does it matter? You know, she's cool. And they were like, no, I just, I just can't figure it out. It's just so hard. I can't figure it out. I was just like, that's the goal. That's the goal. What keeps the planet Let me mention a couple of guys that are keeping us on the air today, and that is uh, North Valley Paralegal and Nellie Garcia at 1110 Civic Center Boulevard, Suite 202A, Yuba City. If you pull into the 1110 Civic Center, you'll see Jim Nielsen's name at 202A. He hasn't taken down, they haven't taken down his sign. He's a former senator. So Nelly Garcia is there right across from the Sheriff's Department, and you can reach her at 530-751-9289, 751-9289. And uh, she is great. She's, uh, you know, she was going to, she's plowing through to become a full-blown attorney while being a paralegal, and she got sidetracked there and got too busy to finish. 
but she is building this business. In the meantime, she may eventually go back and get her legal license. But in the meantime, you benefit from a gal that's got the goods cheaper, honest, easier, uh, a lot easier. In fact, one of the, the, uh, misunderstandings is about legal problems or they're not necessarily problems, you know, making a will or sorting out a change of name or adoption. They're not problems. They're just, you need some legal help. Um, and so she does all that and, and she has a whole list of things that she can show you what she does. So give her a call at seven, five, one, nine, two, eight, nine. And I think you're going to really be happy. I've never had somebody come by and say, Oh, I didn't like Nellie. So Yanelli, I call her, that's her real name. So also I want to mention uh, Thrifty Rooter. ThriftyRooter.net's been here over 40 years. I think it's probably close to 50 years now in the Yuba, Sutter, and surrounding counties. Even down there in the city of Lincoln, they tell me that Thrifty Rooter's down there. People tell me they get there really fast, and they're very busy. they got bunches of vans and bunches of workers. So um, uh, they have a list of all the things they do. Not every plumber does the same type of work. Some plumbers just do new constructions. They just build new houses, right? And uh, some plumbers don't do a lot of construction. They just clean out the lines or they repair a broken line or something like that. Thrifty Rooter does a whole list of things, including pump out your septic tanks if you're up there in a rural area. So uh, why don't you go to their website, Thrifty Rooter, R-O-O-T-E-R.net, thriftyrooter.net, and check out what they they offer and see if that doesn't meet your need. And then you could just shoot them a, a text off the website, or you could call them at this number. It's a, it's a landline, 530-673-8201, 673-8201. And um, then I want to mention Greenest Construction, and they do great job. They're working on my house right now, putting together back together a ceiling and a wall that we had to tear out to figure out where some wet problems are coming from plumbing problems. And, uh, they're, what I notice about them is what I've always talked about them. They're efficient. They show up, they, they put covers down on the floor so they don't muck up your floor. They suck the, the, if there's any dust, they're sucking it out of the window with a machine. They're on, they're clean. They're on top of it. They get it done and they're out of there. So uh, if you, you need to go and check out their website and their Facebook site that shows you the before and the after. So green, it's the, the color green, E-T-Z, construction.com. Or you could go to Dave Green, it's construction Facebook page, or you could text him at 530-682-9602 to find out what's shaking in his world. And uh, he will help you. He told me a while back they were, you know, they've had this huge backlog for quite, quite a while. And uh, now they, they, they're not out of work, but they're catching up. He said, Lou, we're kind of catching up. And so that's good. But I just talked to Greg Davey, who does his painting, who said, oh, they had three different jobs for me. Talked to me yesterday. He was over here maybe going to do some painting for me. So uh, he th- he claims they're very busy. So give them a call, and they'll get to you. Once they get to you, they're going to hammer it out. Okay, I was talking about this elementary school teacher admits the goal is to brainwash. And uh, and so they're try- the school system is trying to cover their rear. Now, listen, if you think the school system has your back as a parent, you are mistaken. They think that they are. In fact, the government says that they are, when the kids are there, they're parenting the kids. I don't know whether you ever thought about it, but if you don't like, 
You may think, oh, I think that teacher is a good math teacher, but you wouldn't want them parenting your kid. That's something that you need, you need to think through. And um, so I've, I've heard of teachers that have groomed kids and then moved them in with them to have sex with them once they moved out. I'm talking pe same gender, people of the same gender grooming. In fact, I've had, I'm not guessing at this, people. I've had women call me that were groomed while they were in high school by a teacher at Live Oak High School. And then the teacher moved this, the graduated student in with her and they lived together for years until there was domestic violence, et cetera, et cetera, right? So at this Valentine Hills Elementary School, Courtney Ryan's name, they got a big deal. And this Courtney Ryan has had fun trying to confuse people. Am I a boy or am I a girl? Looking all hot and everything. So they're trying to keep Ryan's face hidden from parents even before she uploaded the video. After the video was uploaded, the school tried to erase her from the public view. They didn't say anything about letting her go. So the one parent says, I don't like this. Her personal life has no place in elementary schools. You know, when I went to high school and I went to elementary school, I didn't know anything about really about homosexuality as a youngster, right? But I noticed <coughs> that uh, there were teachers that probably were homosexuals. I could tell by their behavior, but they weren't outlandish. And they didn't try to groom people and they weren't all talking trash or acting all butch and everything, as somebody once said. So one parent says she's wearing a mask and her lanyard, which she wears while on the clock as a teacher paid by taxpayers. This same parent explained that Ryan, this is a teacher, once had her students engage in protest through music. Can you imagine doing teaching kids how to protest? This related to the book Change Sings by Armanda Gorman. The two choices for topics that Ryan offered to her students were a prison hunger strike or Colin Kaepernick, the, uh, the jaded San Francisco 49er quarterback who now says he hates his parents, his white parents who adopted him. I thought... You're too much, buddy. You are too much. This project felt more appropriate at the middle or high school level. The parents said these kids were in elementary school. So another parent of a former student of Ryan's revealed that he actually pulled his child out of her class because of inappropriate lesson materials about life, sexuality, human development that parents said uh, should have been our job with our kids. When an elementary teacher injects himself into the relationship between a parent and a child by making the child confused about the gender or sexuality, they are violating the trust and relationship between a parent and child. The latest. Okay. So, uh, let me check this out here. I might just see if I can pull this up here real quick. Uh, Okay, got that. Okay, I'm going to just, I'm, a, I'm at Church of Glad Tidings, and I got my cursor over ministries, and under that says, uh, come on now, Arrow Education. Arrow Education is for parents that want to educate their kids, and this is a, they get together every, I think it's one, one day a week, Tuesday or Wednesdays, they go out to the Church of Glad Tidings, they use the recreational facilities. They use the classrooms. 
Uh, they are doing it. They use speakers out there. I mean, we have, they bring in, bring in speakers to address all the kids. And they also share curriculum ideas, okay? So you're not doing it on your own, and you have the Internet, which is amazing. So Arrow Education, connect on that. Go to that page and find out how to connect. The other is EPIC, E-P-E-C, Embassy Private Educational Center, okay? So I'm going to hold on here. Uh, Click, bang, here it comes. So you'll go to this site, and it has up at the top, it says store, GT, the store, the media, and uh, then it also has, uh, oh, that's that's that. So just go down to Epic, skip all that resource up at the top. And it says Embassy Private Educational Center. It has a, it has a video right on the front of a student. Uh, gives the mission statement. Talks about taking new students throughout the year. In other words, you don't have to start at the beginning of the year. You, if, if, when you want to come, come. It gives you a phone number. You can call directly to them. Uh, 671-530-671-3171, extension 501. You can call and directly talk to them. They want to meet with you. They talks about they serve students in grades 12, 12 sorry, K through 12, right? They You can apply online or by coming by the office. So I like these options because some people like me, I'm not great online. I can do it, but sometimes I just want to go in and fill out paper. They do a Tuesday through Friday, 8 to 3. That's how they run this school, four day a week. Uh, they offer a wide range of classes to challenge and engage students. They also have some incredible, they were, they were I don't know whether they shoot guns or not uh, at the campus. I don't know, they don't shoot them at the campus, but I don't know whether they train people on how to shoot. Do you know that in America, they always taught young people how to shoot guns? I do. I, I was out there one day and they were uh, doing bow and arrows. They were doing bow and arrow out there. Uh, so they have an epic information packet The classes offered incur- include math, science, English, social studies, physical education. There's electives and they also teach the Bible. Uh, then it talks about tuition, uh, all those kind of things. So check it out on church of and then just scroll with your cursor over ministries. Epic will pop up, click on it, and you're you're on the page you need to be on. So I want to give you a shout-out. I'm telling you, the schools are in a free fall morally. Uh, they, they are not—I'm reading to you about this uh, transgender w- woman uh, that is being uh, protected by the school. Do you hear what I'm saying? She's being protected by the school. They are not protecting the kids. Do you get my drift? They're not protecting the kids. That's a bad sign, folks. Their their focus is on the school and on the teacher. That's who they're going to protect. If you want to go to an interesting site, it's called uh, Gender, G-E-N-D-E-R dot news. It has the, the latest news on LGBT perversion that is taking over American public schools. Uh, go check it out. Okay. The other one is uh, about all your health uh, shots, all that naturalnews.com. And then they'll give you links to all the other issues. If you want to study about COVID, if you want to talk about solutions to the jab, if you want to talk, whatever education, uh, they, they will get it on. Um, Okay, you know that uh, 
I'm about out of time here, that the IRS got another $80 billion gift from the Biden administration, and they are weaponizing and they're coming packing guns to uh, not go to the people that have a bajillion dollars a year in sales. Uh, they're coming to people that take an arm twist and they don't they can't afford attorneys and they can't afford accountants to take on the IRS. I've taken on the IRS. I've, I've been involved in an audit of a business before where I, I was taking care of the books. I went through that. Uh, but uh, I'm, I'm probably I'm not super skilled at that, but I'm more skilled than a lot and and didn't f have any fear in my life. So uh, it says there'll be 2077 tax collectors toting guns. Uh, so, you know, I don't know, people, we're in trouble in this country. Uh, so let me let me go to the last segment here. Uh, oh, I'm I'm still good. I I I got off on my time. So the agency plans to uh, arm enforcement teams with advanced analytics and emergency tech technology. Emergency technologies. Honestly, people, uh, these these are dirty dogs, and it's just like they're weaponizing consumer affairs right people that license businesses that don't need a license to perform well like barbers or cosmetology people and so my friend who uh, the district attorneys up here in uh, northern california and the counties that uppercut is involved in it's a barbershop and salons in some areas have both uh the consumer affairs uh took away their license not because of poor performance but because they were actually cutting hair during covid because they couldn't survive without cutting hair so once they took their license then they turned around when they were still cutting hair without a, now without a license now they said well now you're operating without a license and now we're going to fine you uh, we're going to do this we're going to do that so the da's in placer county yuba county sutter county and butte county refuse to prosecute so uh, they uh, now, uh, Gavin Mussolini has got the attorney general filing a personal suit. I think they're trying to get $130,000 out of these barbershops to pay for, not for any uh, damage they did to a human being. They want $130,000 because they had to send their people out and investigate them. You know, the people, this is a, a mafia. This is a Nazi government, the Mussolini government. And so now they've they've contacted the owners of the business of the of the uh, buildings that they operate these salons and barbershops and they tried to get them to cancel their lease. They couldn't get that done. So now they're going to the city government and sicking the city government on them that that they don't have a license. So what that what they've done is they they've uh, they've said you know we're no longer licensed with the state of California. We're done with you. You're done with us. We're good with that. You don't want to license us. We're good with that. And we're not going to pay any fines for you. Uh, we didn't do anything wrong. We just simply cut people's hair and we needed to make a living. So that's not a crime in California. So uh, now what they're doing is they're going to uh, try to just uh, take all their money, basically. And so they've had to hire attorneys, et cetera, et cetera, just like you would. And so what happens? People take our tax money. The government has all our tax money. That's that's none of it belongs to them. All of that money, they didn't come from doing any services or providing uh, help to people. 
All they did is they took money from you and me, and then they're turning around and trying to destroy a bunch of hardworking barbers. And that's what they're doing with Randy Mitchell at Uppercut. So uh, you can go on the freedomco.net uh, website, and I think you can find something out about Randy Mitchell. But we're going to be promoting it because, listen, as Ben Franklin said many, many years ago in regards to standing up against the British, we're either going to hang together or we're going to hang apart. And if you're t too spineless to back and support uppercut, then uh, you're not going to have anybody else helping you when they get down to, to harassing and bothering you. So if you're up here and uh, if you're in the, any of these counties, Yuba County, Blasser County, Sutter County, Butte County, uh, give, give uh, uppercut some business. They could use the help. They've, they're taking tens of thousands of dollars from them to, through uh, hiring of attorneys. And, you know, the, uh, the state of California has a deep state, and they have no scruples. They have no morals. They will destroy you. That's the kind of guy. I mean, if Gavin Newsom's willing to screw his best friend's wife, the guy's got no morals, right? And he's a liar. You know, he's a guy that tells you you're going to die if you don't wear uh, a mask and stand six feet apart and have all these rules. And you have to shut down business. But he goes to a gourmet restaurant, right? Uh, the French Laundry in Napa. He's sitting right shoulder to shoulder with all the other people, 20 or so more people. All of them are like big pharma people, people that pay big money to him. He has no mask, no six feet apart. Uh, they just have a normal big dinner. And he, he sees no problem with that. In other words, he, he tells you, he tells, uh, because states, certain states are pro-life, he won't let government employees go there for training. And so, but he'll go there on vacation, like to Montana. He'll go up there on vacation, no problem, but his employees can't. This guy is a hypocrite. He's a liar. He's a fraud. He should be in jail is where he should be. Uh, letting murderers out to kill kill and rape your, your kids. And so uh, that's what's going on. So now we have all these IRS agents that are going to be coming and looking at your business. And I'm telling you, there are going to be problems. There's going to be problems. And uh, so let me see. One, two. Oh, yeah, we, we, I think we got one, two, three. We're about done here with this segment. I lost my timer. I didn't set it right. So I'm just having to guesstimate it. So we're going to call it a break here. We're going to have one more segment. Uh, after this break where you got guy have some clips for me, okay? Marvin Bush, W's little brother, wasn't just in charge of the Twin Tower security leading up to 9-11. He was also the director of the WTC's casualty insurance company called Houston Casualty. That company terminated their insurance for the World Trade Center right before 9-11. What a coincidence. Here's another one. The Zim Israeli American Shipping Company on the 16th and 17th floor of the North Tower abruptly broke their lease, paying a $50,000 penalty to hightail it out of there just weeks before 9-11. 
Did I mention that company is owned by the Israeli government? Larry Silverstein already owned Building 7 when he came into a fantastic deal buying the $3.5 billion World Trade Center for only a $15 million down payment. That is 0.01% of the total in July of 2001. Coincidentally, he took out maximum insurance terrorist coverage just weeks before the event. He was paid $4.5 billion for the settlement. I am sorry that someone shot you. Someone? That gun over there! But did you happen to see someone holding the gun? I don't know what you mean. Well, guns don't shoot themselves, right? That gun shot me! Do you see how the gun is just sitting in the chair? It can't shoot you. Someone would have to pick it up, wouldn't they? Like this. Oh, they're moving by itself. No. It's happening again, baby. I'm hurting you. I'm hurting So I saw it pointing at him. And then the next thing I knew, it was shooting. By itself. I don't understand. Did you see someone holding it and pulling the trigger? Objection, Your Honor. Relevance? Sustained. Please stick to the relevant issue. How is a person pulling the trigger not relevant? We have a problem with guns in this country. We do not have a problem with people pulling triggers. All three of the Abrahamic religions teach that lending to the poor is an act of compassion that serves the entire community. And therefore, charging interest was seen as immoral. It was called usury and was considered a heinous crime. The Roman Empire allowed usury, but in 1179, the Catholic Church decreed that usury was forbidden. This law did not apply to Jews. While the Torah admonishes usury, Talmudic law allows a Jew to practice usury with a non-Jew, and so money lending became primarily a Jewish business. Over the years, usury became more accepted in Western society. And we've changed the definition with the addendum of charging interest at an excessive rate. In the 17th century, the Bank of England began issuing paper fiat money. This gave the banks the ability to simply print money out of thin air. And for over a century, this was rightfully called out as fraud until it became public policy known now as fractional reserve banking. What was once seen as immoral is now seen as normal. Many assume that the financial loans given out by the banks are coming from savings they hold for their depositors. But this is not true. When someone takes out a loan, the bank creates new money out of thin air and then charges the person interest to borrow it. Fractional reserve banking allows the banks to legally create 10 times the amount of each deposit. This inflating of the circulating currency devalues that currency and allows the banks an opportunity to profit dramatically. The Federal Reserve Act of 1913 began a system of debt designed to inflate beyond its means until it implodes, the exact opposite of sound money. The banking cartel funded both sides of World War I, which led to the Great Depression, which led to the Emergency Banking Act of 1933, which ended the gold standard and made every dollar spent an IOU to further increase the debt 
which is ultimately owed by the American people. The banking cartel funded both sides of World War II, which led to the Bretton Woods monetary system, which made the USD the world reserve currency and gave central banks the option to go straight to the gold window of the U.S. Treasury to exchange U.S. dollars for physical gold. But by endlessly creating more debt, it became clear that the U.S. had printed far beyond their gold reserves. And when several nations came to collect their gold, the federal government dishonorably closed the gold window. To maintain world reserve currency status, the U.S. turned to its military, guns for hire to Saudi Arabia in return for the petrodollar, and war with any nation who threatens USD dominance. A Ponzi scheme is an investment fraud that pays existing investors with funds collected from new investors. And that's what the bankers created. They profit exponentially off the people's debt. It was designed to collapse, and that's what it's doing now. All the markets are crashing, and the derivatives market alone is in the quadrillions, which is much more than the total financial assets of the entire world. There is nothing left to prop up the dollar. This Ponzi scheme is at its end. What that means is that the money you have in the banks will disappear. Everything will go to zero, and then we reset. How we do that will ultimately be up to the people, the banking cartel knows that the only way they can survive this collapse is to somehow convert everyone to an authoritarian CBDC. But without the people's trust, the banks will have problems with this. Many people will lose everything and will want nothing but justice from the old banking system. But many others will comply. Hard times are coming fast. And if we were smart, we'd prepare let the big banks die and create a banking system that serves we the people. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. Okay, so another company that helps us is another plumbing operation, the Plumbing Doctor, and they serve you in Sutter Counties. My friend Ted Holmes, who I've known for over 40 years, he hasn't been a plumber for 40 years, but he's been in construction for that long. He has his own construction company, Ted Holmes Construction, does remodeling. He also does floor removal. If you need the floor popped off a concrete, you know, how you want to take the linoleum up or you want to take whatever's on top of the concrete up and then put a new floor down. They do all that kind of work called called lift off floors. Uh, but the plumbing doctor is the reason I'm mentioning it today. And if you need their help 24 hours a day, seven days a week, they're on it. And uh, they also do some construction, those boys, because Holmes does construction and and plumbing so they can combine to if you need to tear out something and rebuild it and uh, they can handle that so you can reach them at 530-671-9111 530-671-9111 and uh, you'll get them 
and it's called the plumbing doctor. I use them. I've used them many times. And finally, Elite Universal Security, and there never has, as I keep saying, there never has been a time that in my life, I can't say in America, because I wasn't back there in the 1700s. Some people say you might have been. But uh, Elite Universal Security launched their business decades ago in Yuba County as a start, and then now they spread all over uh, Northern California. They're already, in fact, I was talking to Monty Hecker, the the, uh, owner, and he said, Lou, we need some people up and mention Wairika because we got jobs up there and uh, we need some more uh, guards. So they will train you to work up there or anywhere, even in Butte County. So they got a lot of work in Butte County. He said, Lou, we can't handle all the work. We need more workers. So if you want to do full-time or part-time uh, guard work, sometimes it, it, it's driving around in a vehicle. Sometimes it's walking around a complex. Sometimes it's just standing by a uh, metal detector machine, getting people in and out of a courthouse or whatever. So there's a lot of different options. Elite Universal Security will train you, and uh, and they they will try to keep you in the area that you want to work. So you could call them up. I'm going to give you the number in a second. You could call them up, say, I live in this county. You got anything going over here? I'd like to work, da-da-da-da. And uh, so here we go, 530-749-749. 0280 5307490280 they will also teach you how to shoot and handle the devices that spray the chemicals to remind people to leave you alone <laughs> and uh, they have a range ever they have a gun range where you could practice and they have classes that teach you how to handle a gun whether or not you want to get a permit that's up to you but uh, you might want to use a little training if you get a gift of a gun in fact, I had some friends that listened to the show. They said, Lou, we're going to help you if you can get yourself a gun, a handgun. I don't have a handgun. Uh, if you get a handgun, we will. We have some coupons for the, the range. And then I'm going to try to find somebody that knows how to shoot real well to teach me the finer attributes, the finer skills of using a handgun. I've shot a long, long gun for years and a shotgun, but never too much a handgun. So... Um, Anyway, Elite Universal Security, they are located in Yuba County. Call them up, 530-749-0280. They got dispatchers there that answer the phone all the time, all the time, all the time, all the time. All right. Uh, Okay. So, talked about that. I got to... I'm always overprepared, which makes me feel comfortable because I always got plenty to choose from. And then sometimes I start to work about, uh, start to talk about things, and I get kind of a feeling like I need to stay here for a while. And uh, so I, I pick and choose and change my mind. So this is an article on transgenderism in marketing and governance. So. This lady, Emmy Griffin, wrote this article. And she starts out by saying her, her entry line is, like black voters, Democrats believe that they own women. Why, you, why use a gender-confused man who looks like a woman to sell products to women? Some have suggested that people are entertained to freak show performers and that this woman face is a modern-day equivalent. Others have suggested that marketers believe transgenderism captures the cultural zeitgeist or the, the push or the flow. The more woke ones are sincerely, sincerely believe 
that they are educating the con- consumer on what are actually the best ideas to have today. You with me? Hang with me. She says, just look at Bud Light's VP of Marketing, Alyssa Heinerscheid. Bud Light is now being advertised by TikTok influencer Dylan Mulvaney, who is a gender-confused man. When offering her reasoning behind the ad, Heiderscheid said, I'm a businesswoman. I had a really clear job to do when I took over Bud Light, and it was, it was this brand is in decline. It's been in decline for a really long time, and if we do not attract young drinkers to come and drink this brand, there will be no future for Bud Light. That's what, that's what uh, the lady, she's an actual lady, Alyssa, Alyssa, Heinerscheid. The other person is a man dressed like a lady. So what does she decide to do? She decides to use diversity, equity, and inclusion, or the, the common alphabet initials, DEI trope. Heinerscheid continued, inclusivity, it means shifting the tone. It means having a campaign that's truly inclusive and feels lighter and brighter and different and appeals to women and to men. We had this hangover. I mean, Bud Light had been kind of a brand of fratty, kind of out-of-touch humor, and it was really important that we had another approach. In other words, what Emmy Griffin, the author, says, she wanted to use transgenderism as a way to elevate the brand from its toxic masculine clientele, translated. So Emmy says, who's going to tell her the problem isn't the clientele? It's the product. With the explosion of craft beers, I'm not a beer drinker, so I'm, I understand the difference, though. I used to drink alcohol uh, excessively. Uh, not bragging, I'm just saying trouble. With the ex- explosion of craft beers, people have access to better products. Elevate should have meant better beer, not different kinds of people. So... Emmy Griffin says Bud Light is not the only company to use Mulvaney or other transgender individuals to sell products. Hershey, the chocolate people, Hershey, they use Faye Johnstone, another male identifying as a female to promote women's history day in Canada. Jack Daniels, that's the liquor company, right? Whiskey. They use drag Queens to sell its product. We're inundated with this ideology and it's inherent Companies want to make money, but woke corporate heads are more concerned with spreading the religion of transgenderism by making it inescapable. You remember I talked about not being tolerable, but compliance people. They want you to be compliant, and if you don't want to be compliant, we're going to punish you. Remember back in the day, we just want to be accepted. We We just want to be, it's okay to be transgender, okay okay to be homosexual okay to be gay we want to come out of the closet and just live our life i never i have very few people i talk to that just not that's not going to blow their hair back what they don't want them to do is messing with their kids what they don't want them to do is trying to force people to believe or talk like they do Emmy, the author, says it prompts a question. Just how many are using transgenderism as a DEI virtue signal and how many are true believers? 
Later on, she says, scariest of all, both the corporate and government institutions are using the gender cult to attack the remaining strongholds of resistance to their radical cultural agenda. They are openly allowing attacks on what? On the religious. They are encouraging violence against any dissenters and happily twisting the narrative so that the trans activists or transgender claiming individuals are painted as the victims. Now, I want you to just think about the school, which happened to turned out to be a Christian school. I think there's a whole story behind it. I haven't looked into it yet. But the but we have a school in Nashville, Tennessee, that looked to me like a pretty darn nice school. I mean, the buildings were very professional and school-like. They're not converted from some other type of building. Looks like they got it going on down there at that Christian school. And that student uh, came in, transgender student, came back to the school, kind of like our student came back to Lindhurst High School. He was a male. He was born a male, claimed to be a male, and killed a bunch of people and ended up going to prison. And uh, so this person in Nashville, Tennessee, uh, is the transgender community will portray her as a victim. They're encouraging violence against any dissenters and happily twisting the narratives. <clears throat> so churches are a target. They're a target for graffiti. Uh, I think uh, pregnancy centers are a target. And nearly 100 pregnancy centers have been damaged since Roe versus Wade. Some of those have been done by lesbians. They're usually reverse cognitive behavior. They're using cognitive behavioral therapy to mold and mess with the vulnerable. They are using already confused and struggling with the gender identity as pawns that they throw aside when they have outlived their usefulness. You remember the lady Roe versus Wade Roe? I think she's died now. They used her. They lied about her. They lied about her situation. They distorted the truth about what really happened to her. And then they just kicked her to the curb, baby. They did. There's a whole story about her. Corporations and the Biden administration are content to throw this agenda down everyone's throat. Do you remember the old thing of, hey, don't push religion down my throat? <laughs> Come on, man. There's always people trying to push something down somebody. Corporations and the Biden administration are content to throw this agenda down everyone's throat in spite of the increasing concern over its bad influence. Why are they pushing the agenda down our throats? Has little to do with the public at large, but everything to do with power and influence. These people want power and they want influence. They want people to kowtow, you know that term kowtow, to them. Follow and obey their footsteps. Hey, have you heard about this lady, Katie Porter? You ever seen her? She's a California uh, Democrat. She wants to run for Dianne Feinstein's senatorial seat. She looks to me like she's a lesbian. But uh, she's been in some trouble she blames her husband her ex-husband uh for being abusing her she's gnarly looking have you looked at her she looked like she could get in the ring with somebody and, and like punch it out with them she's thick 
and she's got a face that looks like she'd like to rather wrestle and uh, trade punches than uh, be dainty. So I don't know who met, married that woman. I'd like, I'm going to see if I can figure out who married that woman and see what he looks like. Said Katie Porter has long used her tale of overcoming domestic abuse from her ex-husband to win over voters. Do you, do you think that'd win you some women voters? I bet it would. It's all also helped her uh, be a media darling because they're always wanting to get a quote from, quote from Katie. So uh, Porter was no doubt hoping she could continue writing that fawning treatment to higher office, which would be one of the hundred senators in the United States of America. But now it appears uh, she's uh, she was actually it, it appears that her marriage that ended in 2013 the truth is coming out that maybe she was the abuser. Hmm. You know, uh, I used to always think that 99.9% of the abuse was happening by a guy, but I've been informed by law enforcement that that ain't true. Lou, a lot of women are abusing men as well. The daily mail obtained explosive divorce courts documents, alleging that Porter verbally and physically abused ex-husband, Matthew Hoffman in horrifying ways. One incident in 2006 involved Porter allegedly dumping a bowl of boiling potatoes right on Hoffman's head after an argument. I don't know about you, anything boiling, I think I'm, I don't want to be involved with over my head. That just sounds gnarly. Now I could see getting really PO'd. Cutting off somebody's ding-dong or pouring boiling potatoes over your head just takes it to a whole nother level. Now, I think this Katie Porter girl got the, got the beef to cut your ding-dong off. In 2012 incident, Porter came home from work and discovered the house had been cleaned, had not been cleaned. Uh-oh. I wish she had a, oh, what's his name? Hoffman? I wonder if he needs a job. I haven't cleaned my house. Other reports indicate incidents include oh wait a minute when she came home home and the house wasn't clean she slammed a glass coffee pot on the counter causing glass shards to spray everywhere and cut her husband other reported incident including porter calling hoffman a effing idiot and effing slob porter also reported refusing to let hoffman have a cell phone because he was too effing dumb to operate it. Wow, like, who is this guy? I got to, did I say his name was Matthew? I have to look it up, but I got to go look at this guy and send him like, dude, do you need some coaching? I, I don't know whether they've ever been to one of those five love languages classes. Porter also repo- reportedly struck her husband in the face after he caught her verbally abusing their then two-and-a-half-year-old middle son, Paul. In other words, they got more than two kids and she's abusing and he questioned her and she just like laid into him, punched him. Come on, baby. Vulgarities, hot potatoes and shattered dishes. This is the backstory of a rising California Democrat and how reports of anger issues. She needs to take my anger class and put her in jail. I'll teach her how to not suck him in the face. Her anger issues created collateral damage that has shrouded her political career. Now, Porter wants to run for higher office, but 
But can she convince the voters and donors that she's the best candidate for the decisive role? Is she going to sock out people on the floor? Porter's divorce almost became a, a matter of her House campaign. She's a congressman, right? Congresswoman right now in, in, in 2018. But it didn't. The California Democrat told the story of domestic abuse she had suffered to the Huntington Post or Huffington Post. In 2013, Porter and then-husband Matthew Hoffman filed for divorce but decided they would continue to live in the same house for the sake of the children. Well, yeah. Well, Matt, he's cooking and he's cleaning. That's the idea. Matthew Hoffman said Porter frequently said things like, Hoffman, the husband, said Porter said, effing idiot, effing incompetent. She would not let me have a cell phone. She would not let me have a cell phone because she said, you're too effing... Can you believe this? This is unbelievable. I get a kick out of this. She said, the house is a mess. This is quotes. You effing slob, you're incompetent. What the F did you do all the day, right? Look how dirty, effing dirty this is. This gal, amazing. This is amazing. She then took the ceramic bowl of steaming hot potatoes and dumped it on my head, burning my scalp. I guess so. Probably burn everything on the way down. This... This isn't hearsay, folks. This is in the, uh, what did the court reporters work that they got a copy of? Huh. Anyway, she's, uh, they have three children. It's too bad. Just really sad. Uh, said the gateway pundit reported on Porter's despicable treatment of her staff. Uh Oh, no one said should be surprised by Porter's alleged actions. The gateway pundit reported on Porter's treatment of her staff. Well, uh, it's a sad situation. Such a vile person like Katie Porter has no business, this Arthur says, serving in public office. The staffer, Sasha Georgiatis, worked arduously for Porter for two years as a veteran and, and service member liaison before going to work at Porter's California office in 20. Sasha served as a member of the U.S. earning in the Navy, earning a letter of commendation in the process. She profusely apologized explained that her Navy friend had just been murdered and this contribute to her slipping. I guess the most egregious example of abuse occurred when Porter fired this Navy security staffer for supposedly giving her COVID, giving her COVID, claiming the staffer did nothing, did not follow office protocol, fired her, right? Huh. Well, it's just sad people. We got a lot of people in office that shouldn't be there, male, female, Republican, and Democrat. All of them. They, there's problems everywhere. That's it for this time, and uh, hope you enjoyed it, and we will catch you, Lord willing, next week. I see trees of green, red roses too. I think to myself
Dark sacred night, and I think to myself. 